get Erica level. I stay Erica level. Mm. You don't get running, you stay running? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you recording? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. Joining us today, Jody Beatty enthusiast, Ooh. Erica. <laughs> Why is he not grasping this concept? You're supposed to, it's supposed to change. We did that one already. Then we did Jody Foster. Then you got to just do like David Foster Wallace. You got we got to get it so it's like so far. See, off. and if he said that, then he could go to David Goggins. There you go. But he missed his opportunity. I can't be expected to remember like all of Do that. I need to write this down for you and like slide it over for yes. you to ignore it at the beginning of podcast yeah, anyway? I, I, I need a note that's, a, that's just a list of the ones we've done and then I can, you know, come up with a clever one on the spot. Because I was thinking... Come up with a clever one? You're just going to say it the same... Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. What if you just slide over a note but on the, all you do is you write, fuck you? <laughs> like this. You're just like a sum of money on it. Just slowly slide it over. <laughs> the, it's just got to get nuts, you see. Hi. Hi. My name's Erica. How's it going? I think you said that already. Did he? Didn't I don't you? know. I, I lost did. it. Did you? Okay. I'm saying well, it again. All right. Just in case Erica, people don't know you by now. That's my name. Every podcast could be someone's first, Alex. It's true. And if you are joining us for the first time today, thank you. We're sorry. <laughs> I'm not really sorry. Because I don't know how you got here, but presumably... You've, you've stumbled upon it somehow. At least they don't have to listen to us have the same conversation for the 50th time. <laughs> this is true. This is the first time for them. Right. It's a new experience. It's true. This is true. Good point. So what what are our first, uh, first topics that we're going to rehash for the 50th time? Oh, speaking of rehashing, but, a, but closure, but closure. Bob, it kind of went under the radar, funny enough, but Microsoft did finally purchase Activision Blizzard King. So it's over, Erica. It's over. Cut to that uh, 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 Frodo in uh, uh, Mount Doom going, it's done. Well, it's over. I mean, the FCC is still going to try to sue them over it. Okay, cool. That's it's fun. closed. They own them. Okay. So now it would have no, we're going to gonna be sue undone. over it, right? Waste yeah, more well, money and time. That went so well last yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. At that preliminary hearing. It hey, went, how about it? Definitely wasn't an embarrassment. Take the L and let's move the fuck on. How's that sound? Well, an unwinding mergers is like super difficult. Yeah, so it seems yeah. extremely unlikely. It's just not. That's just not. Anyways, any thoughts? I don't know. Microsoft gets to fuck other other franchises up. Should be fun. Bobby Kotick gets a giant uh, golden parachute, presumably. Yeah, to go away in a couple months. Mm-hmm. I mean, rich, rich guy gets a little richer. He was already unbelievably rich. Doesn't really matter. Yep. No, I, I mean at least it's at least it's done. It's done. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Yeah, I mean, be, I, I doubt it'll be even. I doubt it'll even cause any news when the FCC file or not the FCC, the FTC files their their lawsuit again because, like you said, it, undoing it's impossible. So unless, and they like, 
the whole thing was their arguments were so bad to begin with that they yeah. they couldn't stop it from They couldn't happening. even get a preliminary injunction. The judge was like, uh, yeah. this is a waste of time. Yep. So neat. I'm it's dumb. It's done. Um, That's it. Oh, I I'm So here's here I this is the interesting thing with it because one of the things that we've theorized on this podcast is that part of the problem that Microsoft has with managing game studios is they're too hands off, um, that they're not coming in and managing things. Um, so if they do that with Blizzard Activision, though, I mean, those companies, they manage their products pretty well. I mean, they, they cause up a stir every now and then, but... It's okay. They're doing okay. It's not Blizzard back in the day where everything was, like, incredible. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, like, it's not like... They're well, all making they're, money. Yeah, they're printing money left and right. They're successful for what they are. They actually, I, I think a lot of these, you know, the Call of Duties and the kind of general Blizzard game quality now fit in well into the Game Pass model of a very, like, average game to throw on the service for free. Right. Like, I just, that seems to be the Game Pass model. We're not getting any, like, Last of Us or Horizons or something or Mario unless something slips through the cracks somehow. <laughs> like, just a happy accident. What's, what's a happens. good game doing on here? How did that happen? How did this great game get on here? This is weird. That's this not wasn't allowed. Show me the budget. <laughs> we might have to fire to keep this from happening again. Um, but yeah, I mean, not exactly uh, great stewards of a lot of their franchises, Microsoft. I mm-hmm. mean, they'll certainly try things. I mean, you know, so we might see some franchises that have been abandoned come back, like for some reason that I don't understand. StarCraft has been just left on the backboard i you know back burner i don't know why um and there was a long time between um the first uh, one and the but uh, when did starcraft 2 come out look that up i mean it's gotta it's, be it's at least a decade oh more than that at this point yeah it's i was been, gonna almost say that was time. like early aughts wasn't it it's been a minute and, and microsoft seems to be behind the rts's in general you know like age of empires 2 and 4 came to console they're both still updated to this day you know age of empires 4 is about to get an expansion nice you know so i mean they're, st- they're they seem to be behind the rts's so maybe someone at blizzard could get in the right ear and get a starcraft thing off the ground i don't know and who knows but, but oh, were that, you not looking like, up when starcraft uh, oh yeah it's it was 2010 fuck <laughs> it's 13 years ago that's crazy I mean, isn't it isn't that wild though to let starcraft just sit there for yes, that long yes that is insane well look at how many franchises out there in general like not just by microsoft have been left you know, in a dustbin, never touched for whatever reason. What else you got, Bob? Examples. Half-Life. Half-Life Alex came out not too long ago. Not too long ago, but look how long it was between them. But that was also a niche game because it was VR only. Oh, I agree So yes. how many people agree with actually you. got to play that? Not right. many, but it, they did still release a game. Um, what? 
Oh, somebody mentioned Half-Life Was it 2 the Ninja other day. Gaiden? Hasn't that yeah, been? that's been on the shelf for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, somebody I'm, brought up like a playthrough of, of Half-Life 2 and enjoying the, the physics for the first time, and I was like, oh, it's been a while. Even today, when you go and play Half-Life 2, it it's still an incredible game. Like, it holds up. Yep. Like, does it look as good as a brand new shooter? No, no of but you shouldn't not. expect that. Yeah, but there's still it just has a great feel to it, and the the physics stuff is still incredible. What's so puzzling about Valve is um, is one that it's not puzzling at all. Steam took off, and they're printing money left and right. So why? I would love to know how much money Gabe has in the bank. I, I it mean, has to be unbelievable. Like they got to be making such a bonkers amount of money that whatever game devs they do have out there are able to just like fucking do whatever they want and play around with things because until they come up with something that Gabe actually thinks is revolutionary enough to release. But the, the whole like Valve was very focused on their physics engine and doing neat puzzles with that. And I mean, they did some really awesome stuff between Half-Life 2 and Portal. I mean, those are some, those are genuinely fun games um, with cool physics engines. And you can, it feels like what Valve was really trying to do was to just create an engine that they could sell and, um, but then, you know, Source got old and then they, they eventually did have Source 2, but, you know, I think it's ultimately like Unity and Unreal are the big winners in the, the engine, the, the only third party engines, the only real recent or big game I can even think of that uses Source is Apex Legends. And I mean, that's not. I don't like Apex, but I mean the game has its qualities. I guess I just mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else that even uses Source really. Right. So it, it's it's kind of bizarre. Um, I always worry. Now I do I I do have batteries in here, so if the power co- cable does come unlodged, in theory it should be okay. It should be fine, but I'm always paranoid that I'm going to accidentally pull that ca- power cable out. Um. Because that happened once, and we lost the episode. We couldn't recover the files. I would be upset. That would be bad. Although I feel like we we could recover that. Anyways, um, so yeah, it's it's just a weird it's a weird well, company because they clearly they had they had a good story, but they clearly didn't care about telling the story. Because if they did... I think some people cared about telling the story, but then when it became clear that there wasn't going to be a way to tell the story anymore, they were like, okay, I'm just going to go and release a one-pager, letting people know where the story may have gone. Right. Which, if memory serves, is what happened. Yeah, pretty much. It just it does suck. Like I know you've ragged on it quite a bit before, but it just it sucks to have something just hanging out there, right? It would be like if their Mass Effect 2 came out and then we just never got a Mass Effect 3. And was Mass Effect 3 the most satisfying ending of my gaming life? No, it wasn't. But it was an ending. But at least it was something. Right. right. Whereas Half-Life 2 was, oh, here's episode one, here's episode two, and that's it. 
that's what was so infuriating, though, is it was, oh, well, we're, we're going to go to this, this episodic model and it's not going to take as long. And it, it was mm. like... Just kidding. All right, bud. Well, it really, it really does feel like they just basically didn't have whatever a satisfying conclusion. Like, no one ever... They started writing the story and then someone said, oh, shit, we have to write an ending. Fuck. And they just didn't have one. And so they just decided to not do the game. Yeah. That's pretty much what it feels like. My understanding is that Half-Life Alex does tie in a bit. But as how is that satisfying? I don't know. Well, but, so back to the I was thinking about this, you're talking about like you know what franchises might Microsoft pull out of the the ether. Yeah. And then this isn't related to Blizzard, but I think about, and this is kind of related, I think on the last show, we were talking about like how, you know, a lot of these games get these crazy bloated budgets, and then because their budgets are so insane, now they have to sell like five, ten million copies to justify making the game and everything. You, you have, have to these... be everything to everyone in order to recoup your your, yeah. your money. And I, I miss the days when, you know, maybe even selling a million copies was a really successful game because then we could have gotten more stuff like a Conker's Bad Fur Day, you know? Yeah. It's like, where did that franchise go? I mean, is that... Does that have mass market appeal like the foul mouth squirrel? I mean, maybe no. not, but I think there's a there's a there's niche a market there. for that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, if you're coming in and you're able to make a game for a modest amount of money, and you don't like you said, you don't have to sell a copy to everyone in the universe to recoup your funds. I mean, that's the problem with entertainment in general. Movies have to be everything to everyone. Yeah, if the movie's not going to make back a billion dollars, we're just not going to make it. And it's like, I miss those mid-tier, like, not necessarily cheaply made, but those fun, like, you know, I don't know. I can't even think of a number. But it, something that doesn't have to be everything to everyone. It can have, it like, have a niche. It have to make, like, $300 million. Yeah. It can have a niche little market, and it can have its audience, and that's fine. That's the shitty thing about the stuff with streaming, is it's like you do get these little, like, niche things every now and again, but then... They kill them. Netflix is like, oh, well, it didn't meet up with whatever, like, numbers that we arbitrarily pulled out of the ether and no one gets to know about, so we're canceling it. More than anything, I wish that out of the writer and actor strikes that we would just get actual streaming numbers. Well, we talked like, about this not like too long actual, ago. I know, yeah. Like, yeah. actual viewership numbers. I would love just to know... Not that they're going to be like, oh, here's the viewership and here was the budget of the show. Right. You know, but at least if we have the viewership, we could say like, oh, like season one of The Witcher, a hundred million people watched it. And then season three, Erica, this person Erica called watched Erica Molinero watched it. <laughs> yeah. How many times? <laughs> That's <laughs> sad. <laughs> I would just love to have that data. I mean, that data is out there for everything else. I mean, even... Stuff that's on premium services like like HBO, the information gets out on what the viewership is. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that that's how we know Westworld fell off a fucking cliff. They uh, is my understanding they are going to have to share those numbers because it's going to have to do with how the residuals are going to be paid now. So hopefully, you guys drank that like perfectly in tandem. That was terrifying. <laughs> And you said it at the exact same great, time. It was great like, minds think alike. <laughs> there's something wrong with the Matrix. But um, 
hopefully it gets leaked because uh, more than anything, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, what do I really care? I just want, I'm just curious. I like what I like. I don't really give a shit who else is watching it. But if it's it's more from a okay, am I going to get more of it? Like what what's the threshold we have to meet? See, I would, I want it. Not that I play the stock market, but I would want it as an investor. Same. You know, I want to, I'd want to know like how are you making these decisions, and what are your what are your metrics? How do I how do I do my DD? Um, if I don't, that's for due diligence, by the way. Thank you need you. those key performance indicators. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like, how do I know? How, how can I evaluate you as a company if the only thing I'm seeing is money in, money out? Like, did you see that Netflix is going to start doing brick and mortar? Uh, Brick and mortar stores. For what? It's gonna be like the Netflix experience. Okay. So All you right. can go into the okay. stores Here. and you can buy stuff and interact with your shows. I will say that they did open like a Stranger Things store in a mall close by us when that last season came out. I did not go in because who could possibly care? However. <laughs> <laughs> with if certain, there was a Witcher store. Obviously, I'm going and I'm dragging my friends with me because they love me and they uh, 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 nurture the brain rot in all of its forms. Um, I mean, if I, I, I'm assuming that what they did was kind of a, a test to see if people would be interested in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's very stupid, but let's be real. If there is a Witcher one, I'm a thousand percent going. I think what's, I have a problem. What's interesting about streaming service, like, because I was thinking about this when I saw this today about Netflix and these br- uh, brick and mortar. Uh, but we got money for this. We didn't have money to pay our uh, our actors. Uh, you got money for fake mustaches. Well, what I was thinking about is like it's so bizarre in the era of e-commerce, where your reach is basically infinite right right from jump you know you you have a product you put it out there like the entire country or the entire world um has access to it immediately and you're you know and if you catch on like you you your growth is explosive so you get this weird thing you know it's not like you're starting um you know like a small grocery store that becomes, you know, uh, regional and then expands to the state. And now it's all over the country. Like, and that took decades. Sure. This is instant. Right. Instantaneous. And so it's like the, and we've talked about this before with like how, like you can't expect record profits every single year. Oh, no, this is this is a way of looking at can't, how how can we grow our business, right? And people do miss brick and mortar. Well, that's the thing. People do. People are. People do like social interaction. Yeah, and if you go to something, you'd be more inclined. Who? I mean, no one at this table, but like if you you're yeah, Bob Bob likes people yeah. to an extent. Um, if you go to like an experience and they've got like stuff there, mm-hmm. you're more inclined to buy something. The Netflix merch isn't very good. Mm. 
uh, like in most of my uh, uh, purchasing, it's mostly been uh, uh, from fan artists and that kind of stuff because I oh fan artists, huh? Yeah. No, I don't pay for that stuff. That's for free, Alex. That's just out there. <laughs> but what if you want something specific drawn? Well, then you would commission somebody. But then you're paying for it. Yeah, but I've never done that. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I haven't yet. Joey Beatty with a trombone or something? I don't know. <laughs> Joey Beatty with a trombone. <laughs> Fully clothed. Just he's just playing a trombone. Yeah, that's what I, I meant. Bet, yeah. <laughs> I bet if you put that into an AI generator, it would spit. It out. Yeah, stable diffusion could take care of it. Oh, that but for then his you. hands are gonna be all weird and No, they're getting better at the hands, Erica. Once they fix this is gonna be the problem, is once with the AI art, they fix the plastic sheen that ends up on all ai art especially on humans we're not going to be able to tell it's ai art anymore because that's the dead giveaway right now is they all have like this plastic sheen you can kind of tell from looking at it because they've started to fix stuff like the hands issue um because it's just getting better very rapidly (laughs) so once they fix the plastic sheen they're actually real artists are in big trouble <laughs> like big trouble um what was i gonna say but no people i do think that people miss brick and mortar and i think netflix wants an opportunity to sell their merch more well and it's fun especially with merchandise if you want to buy something to actually hold it and be able to hold it in your hand well, or try it on right buying. and be yeah. like right how cheap is this is i it- mean that's it's the age of amazon Amazon is great for for certain things. Like if there's just something I need and I know what I need, and I know I need it in two uh, two two days, two ish days, yeah. You know, Amazon's great. Like I don't for for example, a good example and something I actually have to buy uh, the garbage bags for our gar- uh, garbage can upstairs because of course we don't have just a regular old garbage can we bought this dumb simple human thing and i like the garbage can but it needs special like, bags. don't needs... go don't go shitting on the garbage can you like the garbage can. but it does use special bags and we've tried using like the not special bags and just it's no good <laughs> you, you gotta use the special bags they know what they're doing <laughs> they're not so, stupid so um you know like so i when i need those yeah, it's super, it's very convenient to just place an order on Amazon and it just shows up in a couple of days or like coffee filters. Stuff like that. Cuz you know what that is, you yeah. know what you're getting. That's just that's just an errand. But like if I want if I want to go buy something fun, going and looking at it is part of the fun. Yeah. Right? So Well, and if you're buying something like say a Joey Beatty plushie, you want to feel, you want to hold the plushie. You want to see the Alex, quality. Alex, I want you to know something. Yeah. So on. Oh, she already has one. Friday. It's in your bed. I own no plushies. Friday. Yeah. We were up in Door County. Sure. And we made a stop at a Target. Now, this is the saddest Target ever. Okay. It's, it's clearly like a 20-year-old store design. 
It oh. was literally like walking into a time warp. It was kind of terrifying. That's kind of fun, though. It, it was. It was. It was, it was interesting. Kind of, yeah. yeah, but it was like this is the target that time forgot. Yeah, I am. It's on the. It's, it's very curious like, where you're going. With you're this. like, why isn't this target closed? Yes, because <laughs> no one shops here clearly. Well, no, people shop there. It was busy, and I mean, no, that I would call it busy. People were in there. People were in, but I mean, it's it's a small community, and there is a Walmart there too. I was like, because unfortunately, there's WalMarts everywhere. But anyways, so we're we're in this Target, and we come around. And we walk by the toy section, and <laughs> and we stop. And I'm like, "Why are we stopping?" I noticed there was a wall of Funkos, and Erica spent a good five minutes going through all their Funko Pops, looking for a Yaskier with a hat because he has a hat. And I thought this would be the place. And I'm assuming it wasn't there. It wasn't there. Otherwise, no. we'd be seeing it. There was sitting right here. Yes. There was a rock before he was the rock. They had a Rocky Mavia one. I was like, mm. who's buying that? They have any like anime Funko Pops or anything like that? Yes, there's lots of anime Funko Pops. Mm. Nothing from like Spy Family that I saw though. Mm. Very sad. Mm. Where's Where's the uh, your Funko Pop? It's good. There's got to be one. There's you no think. way that they don't have those. Are they even still make? Because Funko Pop was like, they were in pretty bad financial position. No, Funko's still churning it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, so I did waste a solid five minutes of our vacation looking for a, a special Funko Pop and not finding it. <laughs> the sheer amount of just anime merch at like a Target now makes like 12 year old me weep with joy because you remember when you had to go to like suncoast and you could buy like a tape that had like maybe three episodes on it you had to yeah. no yeah i mean if you if you went into like a best buy there might be one aisle with maybe. anime stuff maybe and it was uh, you know a lot of like not great stuff too like you'd have your few standouts but mostly it was kind of a bunch of trash yeah most of it was dog shit just going into like as I, uh, I stopped in my wanderings today and got the latest uh, One Punch Man um, uh, uh, volume, and just walking into Barnes and Noble and there being like several aisles of manga stuff is mind blowing. Yeah, no, it's crazy how popular it is. We've come very far. Well, and, and where it is now too, how you know. You get things day of on a crunchy roll or whatever, yeah. whereas you used to have to wait at least a couple eons. months. Yeah, I remember when Dragon Ball Super uh, was releasing in Japan, and we didn't know if we were going to be getting. A, I mean, you were going to get a dub eventually, right? We just sure. didn't know when. So it was like, well, I'm not waiting two fucking years. I want to watch it now. Yeah, no, and the dub was all pretty well behind for a while. Yeah. And the dub's always behind. I mean, you know, well, you that's can't. Ex- yeah, that's just the nature of the beast, right? That's what I got do. Bob onto the sub train with, uh, yeah, the Witch from Mercury. Was he didn't want to wait like three or four weeks for the dub? Well, in there is a there's a good example of something where it's like if if it's if you're telling a good enough story, like I'm willing to. I'm willing to be a little bit inconvenienced to, to seek it out, you know, cause I, I ju- it just, I just don't like that or subs, but like, 
Well, how can you read that and your phone at the same time? It's very difficult. It is very difficult. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was going to sure see if weren't. Alex was going to sure say it Sure you first. weren't, Erica. I was thinking it. Probably loud enough that you could hear it, but... <laughs> yeah. It turns out I am telepathic. <laughs> hey, listen. I mean, I've only got so many years left. So oh, yeah. I... I I would like to spend them being updated on Taylor Swift's uh, relationship status as much as possible. Mm. You a Swifty? No. Sure. <laughs> Secret Swifty? Sure. No. You kind of look like Travis Kelsey. I haven't the faintest clue what he looks like, so I well, don't Look him know. up, Erica. What's his name? Travis, Travis? Kelsey. K-E-L-C-E. I'm just going to type in Travis Taylor Swift and see what comes up. You're kind of, you're like his doppelganger. I don't know if he pops up. In a sense. I don't know what he looks like. In uh, maybe the same head shape and you both have beards. (laughs) I was kidding. You know. No I'm much more handsome. Sure. Yeah. And and much more successful. Yes. Very much so. I'm just looking to see if there's there's nothing about him being in a relationship with uh, Taylor on his Wikipedia page. I bet it's in the comments. It's probably been edited like 7,000 times. <laughs> Ooh, wait, personal life. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Scintillating. Great podcast. Scintillating content. I do appreciate how much this whole thing is driving people crazy, though. Like, it's so... I don't pay attention. Like, that's another thing that is so cut off. I don't give a fuck about football. I don't give a fuck about Taylor Swift. So I'm like... I mean, if if you're watching a Chiefs game... They cut to her like 5,000 times a minute. I feel like we were somewhere where the Bears were or the Chiefs game was on. I don't remember where this would have been. Must have been at somebody's house on a Sunday because we don't watch football here. Yeah. And they must have been... Because I do remember that. I remember her being cut too. Yeah. And just being like, who could possibly fucking care? How many guys do you think have dated Taylor Swift just on the hope that they would get a song written about them? Like, they go in knowing this isn't going to work. We're not getting married or something. Like, this isn't long term. But... I just want one song. Can I do enough psychological damage here to get a song? (laughs) I wonder how many guys have thought about that. I'm going to say at least five. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny. Kind of like a topic. Nebulous topic. Yeah, it's not like that important or anything. But What on here do we discuss that's important, Alex? Uh, Every once in a while we talk about politics and then you get really mad and I (laughs) laugh and it's a great time. And that's important? Yeah. That's important. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, did you see there's a PS5 Slim coming out? I did not, but I feel like we just discussed the mid... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't a mid-generation refresh. This is like your old style refresh where it's just... Smaller? The same internals, but smaller. Okay. 
Okay. And 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 what these usually are really right is a cost a cost reduction for the manufacturer. Sure. That's sure. what they're really about is a cost reduction for the manufacturer. And then but what used to happen when you would get these is the cost would also get reduced to spur sales. Yes. But Oh, we're not doing that. No. <laughs> you know all these consoles are selling their wildfire. Well, I mean, so right, why, why would you, would reduce you reduce the price? Yeah, that's fair. In fact, it's funny so the PS5, there's two versions. There's the PS5 and the PS5 Digital, which is the PS5 but without a disk drive. Mm-hmm. So right now, those are $500 and $400. Well, these those are getting phased out. Once they're gone, they're gone. And mm-hmm. they're getting replaced with these PS5 Slim versions. And they're going to be 500 and 450 So the digital version is actually getting a price increase. <laughs> And I can't remember. I don't know that that's ever happened. Before. I can't remember there being a you know three or four years in they do a slim version of a console and they raise the price. I don't think that's ever happened before. I think you're right. I don't think that that's ever happened that mm. I can remember. It usually does go down. Yeah, or at least stay the same. But like you said, if they're selling like hotcakes, so well, and that's the thing they. If the demand is there. That's the, it's simple. The economics of it are very simple. Sure. So, you know, if you've got, this is the best opportunity that they have to raise prices that they've, that they've had in probably 20 years to raise prices on. And, you know, they already did it with games, you know, games, they're not all $70 yet, but they will be. They're getting there. Um, Console prices are going to go up. I mean, everything's going to go up. I hope that. Yeah, I mean, that's just the inevitable fe- march of time. I feel like $500, there's something about that number that is the sweet spot for a new video game console. And really, the actual sweet spot, if you want to just make all the money, is $400. Mm-hmm. But $500 is it's right there. And... I think the reason you won't see them go above 500 is just the fear that the other manufacturer won't. Because we've already seen that in previous generations, yeah. like with the Xbox One. The Xbox One was 500 at launch with the fucking Kinect and all that. PS4 comes out, $400. Xbox One dead. Like, day one killed dead. Just on the price difference. So you, you, you can't go into a generation with that happening. It's like too big of a risk. I don't know. I or, would say because the Xbox One was the one where they were like TV, 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 right. TV. That right? didn't help either. No, but a hundred dollar price difference. Hundred dollar price difference is really a lot. Didn't help. But if you've got a killer lineup of like shit people want to play, maybe. I'm not saying it isn't navigatable. Like it's it's possible, right? But. Because I guarantee you're putting yourself behind. You're putting yourself in a position, yes, for sure. Here's the reason why I think it's possible this time around. Because if they had done a price jump in previous, you know, if they had tried to go to 600 with the One X or the PS5, um, you know, that would have they they couldn't have justified that in any way, and not that you have to justify your pricing. I mean, you're just you're just going for what you think people can pay. But I think what's 
what's happening is all of the manufacturers for all of the components, they are seeing increased prices and increased costs. So that gets passed along to Microsoft and Sony. And I just don't think that they're going to be able to offer much in performance much in terms of performance improvements without raising the price of the console because the the component manufacturers you know they're they're all competing for the business too so they're going to try and keep their prices down as much as possible but it does get to a point where it's like you know we're 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 making we're going as trim as we can mm. and but we still need to make a profit. So this is the cost. And well, I think that's where we're going to where we're going to get to. Or at least not lose boatloads of money on the console because I don't I don't think either of them are particularly against possibly losing some money on the console because they're going to make so much on the back end. Mm-hmm. But not that they, you know, that doesn't mean they want to lose $100 per purchase or something like that. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I don't know what the line is of what they could potentially lose on a console and be okay with. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't have to lose money on it, why would you? Yeah. And I think eventually there's going to be like an unspoken something between Microsoft and Sony that's going to say we have to raise prices and they'll both do it in suit. Maybe one will hold out a little longer and take half of a generation or something like that, or at least the start of a generation, but it's not sustainable. The other reason I brought this up is it's kind of fun, I think. So, you know, they have the digital version of this PS5 Slim and the disc version, Um, but you can turn the digital version into a disc version by essentially buying a kit. Now you wouldn't want to do this really, unless you change your mind like years later for some reason, because the conversion kit is $70, I believe. So, so it'd be like you're losing money on right. it. Why didn't you just compared buy... to just buying the disc version? But if for some reason you change your mind and now you want to do, you have an option. Sure. You can do it. And what's cool is you like pull off a piece of the shell on the PS5 and they give you the the piece of the shell that fits the disk drive and then you put the disk drive like you and in basically install this piece that holds the disk drive yourself put the new shell on now you have a PS5 with a disk drive hmm. and it's like that's kind of neat that's a little you know we used to see more of like uh modifications to game consoles back mm-hmm. in the day you know you had like the freaking 30 this is different of course than just a disk drive but you had stuff like the 32x for the genesis you had um remember like what was one the one for the n64 was like the expansion kit or what did they call it it was just like it was just like like a it was a ram up it was just a ram upgrade but what did they call it talking about and i can't think and of it name. plugged it was like the funny thing about if you that, wanted to play majora's mask you need oh there were games I remember that, yeah that. a lot yeah. of games needed which is it. why i didn't play it because my parents were like yeah nah well and that was like thinking back now obviously they had the the slot there for it in every single n64 from day one so basically they knew when they shipped that bitch they didn't ship it with enough ram right mm-hmm. and they were going to make you pay 
for the RAM upgrade. Wasn't the Sega CD one of those two, or was that its own console? No, the Sega CD was an add-on for the Genesis. Yeah. What else was there? There were a lot. I mean, you know, this was more of a thing, right? Like, you had, obviously, you had, like, the light gun for Duck Hunt, or but I think that came with a lot of NESs, didn't it? I think it was a special bundle that you I, would have to buy. I remember some games needed like there because was some, there like, was like you could get a Mario uh, Duck Hunt in the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, remember for the cartridge. Super NES, there was that like mouse pad add-on, like the oh, mouse for Mario add-on. Paint. Yeah. Yes, I loved that bitch. This <laughs> used to be more of a thing, man. Where's yeah. like my fun add-ons? There was a, and it was the dumbest thing, but you could lose yourself for hours it was a fly swatting game oh yeah in mario paint and i used to sit and just play that shit it was great what else was there times Hmm. i'm trying to remember what other like what other add-ons there were like that did the dreamcast i'm trying to remember did the dreamcast come with a 56k modem but you could like slot in and a broadband modem or something. I feel like there was something like that. Maybe that was a PlayStation. PlayStation had one that was like separate, I want to say. Dreamcast had it just from jump, I thought. Maybe. I don't know though. PlayStation 2 had a something that you could add on. Cuz I thought that was one of the core selling features of the original Xbox was wasn't it the fir- I thought that was the first console that had built-in ethernet. Maybe ethernet. Hmm. Yeah. But maybe. I feel like because you had like um Fantasy Star Online was on that on Dreamcast. Yeah. They had like it just never it just never really took off. And then Xbox came in with it and it was almost like for whatever reason, people were more ready for it. Well, it's just, it's funny how Microsoft now just seems like they're always trying to play catch up with Sony and their games division is doing such a bad job in so many ways. But when you think about that original Xbox, like, yeah, it was a freaking honker. You know, like it was chunky. It was a beast. You could kill somebody with that Yeah, it was a beefy boy. But that thing was way ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, it was basically just a PC. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, stuff like Ethernet being built in or Xbox Live. Well, that in and of itself, right. Xbox Live revolutionized the whole console gaming market. Yeah. And now they're just constantly trying to catch up. And that was was actually the rare Microsoft innovating in a space. (laughs) You know, <laughs> they just need to concentrate on the games, man. You got to like refocus and you got to start making some good games again. Yeah. It shouldn't be that big of an ask for a, you know, gaming company, a gaming company. Yeah, I agree. Especially oh, I of... just heard this uh, new uh, Mario game is supposed to be real good. Well, you mean Nintendo made a good game? I know. Shocking. I cut you off the well. No, I was just going to say, we were talking about Netflix earlier. And I've not, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I, there was, um, I think it's one of the ESPN 30 for 30s. And there was one on there about American Gladiators. I feel like we've talked about this before. Have we? Yes. You have brought up, yeah, we have. Yeah, you have. Because I get really excited because I used to fucking love that show. Did we talk about on the podcast? Yes. I feel like we did a few episodes ago. 
Hmm. But anyways, well, I we repeat remember. ourselves constantly. What are you gonna say? Yeah, Alex? but I just, I just, well, it was funny because I had forgotten because I feel like when I think of American Gladiators, I think about like the very like it had a certain level of production value. It was a good looking like show at its time and. I completely forgot that there was this season one where the production values were like very bad and a lot of the games sucked (laughs) and like people were just getting injured all over the place. But people watched it. So it was like, okay, we got enough people watching season two and then it got like a lot better. Um, But then they, they had this funny thing where they were obviously going over how like all these people were just on all the steroids, which does not what? shock anyone. And they weren't, and none of them were denying it except this one. Blazer was to. on steroids? They were all on steroids, <laughs> but no, they, they were, they were doing the season. Well, what was funny was in season one, they were on some steroids. On season two, they, they got on all of the steroids. The steroids. <laughs> they were doing like season one to season two comparisons. And I can't remember which woman it was but they brought in one of the women was not like a bodybuilder type Mm -hmm. right like she was just like a normal looking athletic woman can't have that by season two she was jacked (laughs) like huge yeah this is on netflix i have to watch this it's it's good it's good it's entertaining but those 30 for 30s are all good those are great my yeah. fun, one of my favorite part though is, is I can't remember which woman, but they cut to this woman. They're all talking about, yeah, we did steroids, we did steroids. They cut to this one woman. She's like, I didn't do steroids. And, and then they, they show, show a the side picture. by side. They just show a picture of her from the time. She's fucking gigantic. She was like 5'8", 180 or something. Like she was huge. Yeah, it's like, and okay, then she, huh? and then they cut back to her and she's like, but I did do HGH. So it's you, like, so you did steroids. That's the same thing. Right, that's what steroids are, but <laughs> my dude. My dude. I love that shit. I don't do drugs, but I do smoke Coke. Every, or I do snort Coke every now and again. <laughs> yeah. But I had an addictive like... personality. You know, I really couldn't drink. So I really, I don't do that stuff anymore, but I still smoke, I still, still smoke weed. Cause the, I don't, it's like, I've been, it's been so long since I've watched American gladiators. I remembered the dudes being huge. Oh no, the ladies. Were I huge didn't too. remember how big the women were like, holy shit. They were fucking huge. Yeah. How do you think they would have done on the challenge? Mm, better than Fessy Jordan generally does. <laughs> no, but that's why I love that stupid Ninja warrior show. It harkens back to, uh, Oh, that same itch of American Gladiators. Original American Ninja Warriors, or not not American, just original Ninja Warriors, that G4 show, like when they were just pulling it over from Japan and dubbing it or something, that show was awesome. That was the greatest thing. You could sit there and watch that for hours. Yeah, that was peak TV. You just waste a Saturday watching that shit. And yeah. American Ninja Warrior is fine. Because they try to get like all like the human interest stories, and I'm no. like, I don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah, Go care. do the stupid obstacle. I want to watch people fall off the obstacle yeah. course. I want to watch dumb people in costumes fall off an obstacle course, and then like maybe three people move ahead. Well, and they had they were so smart on the Japanese version, where you know, like maybe in a field of a hundred people or something, like ten of them are real athletes. 
And then you have a certain amount who like, maybe they have a chance. And then they'd have like 10 to 20 people who are just like straight up comedic characters yeah. there to fall in the water and look stupid. Yes. They had a nice balance. They did. Yes. Which is enjoyable. But then those the guys who were good, they were like, those are the ones you get like some story about, but no more than like two minutes. Well, and they were all tiny. Because the truth is, for any of that climbing shit, you really... You can't be jacked. You really do need to be, not like slender, but you need to, to be, be small. Lean muscle. You yeah, can't have like... you need like, to be small. You need to be like five, six. You can't have any beef on you, or you're, no, it's just not going to happen. It's such you're a too disadvantage. Heavy. It's yeah. too much weight to carry around. Because the final in that, the fourth challenge was that straight climb. The rope. Yeah, right? like what, 60, 70, 80 feet that you had to do in like 30 seconds? Yeah. It was absurd. God, there was some really show. crazy shit, like all the monkey bar stuff. And it would be like these really extended periods on the monkey bars. And oh, yeah. They'd, they'd be like tying themselves up in it to like putting their legs up to give their arms a break. Like that shit was crazy. Oh, the man. arm strength you had to have on that show was bonkers. Yeah, the grip strength. That little like that ledge that you had to hold mm. on to and like move across with just your fingertips. That, that, that in general about climbing is the most ridiculous thing to me. Like the this like how strong some of these people's grip is, like for how little they're holding on to. Like you they'll like you'll watch like a documentary or something about climbing. I know exactly which one you're referring and to. And they'll be like, Yeah, I got this hold and you're looking at it and you're, you're like, like Wait, no There's not a no. hold there. That's not a hold. <laughs> and you don't have a line. What are you doing? Free solo. You're gonna die. That's a crack. <laughs> That's not a hole. That's a crack. I'm Your good. fingernails are in there. Right, I got it. And release. I actually should try to figure out what are like what are like the grip strength like training regimens or how do you get your fingertips really strong? Maybe it can make me better at video games. I mean, you're joking, but it probably no, I, could. I, I'm yeah. being serious. Well, you need. Well, okay. So you what you need is not necessarily a lot of strength what you need is finger endurance yes dexterity mm -hmm. if you will well, i don't i think those are different things but they overlap they do have overlap cuz like you could make your your finger you could like just like hang on that i can't, i can't remember what the climbers call them but they got like this little board that like they hang above their doors and they just hang out. They just hang there and just prep and like that's how they strengthen their hands. Like you could do that every day and make really meaty, like strong hands. But then, are those going to move across the controller faster? I don't know. Though they could press the button really hard. Mm. Mm. Yeah, when I get mad, I could just like crumple the controller in my hands. I mean, that would be that would be kind of cool. It would be. I mean, it'd be a good story. How'd your controller break? I squeezed it too hard. <laughs> I turned it into a ball of plastic. <laughs> it's like the rock when he busts out of his cast. He flexed out of his cast in the Fast and the Furious. That was that was peak. <laughs> <laughs> I still love when he's like, when they just turn him into the Hulk in the jail and they're shooting him with rubber bullets. 
That and was he's great. just like they just like yeah whatever. Was that was that Fast and the Furious or was that the Hobbs and Shaw movie? That was Fast and the Furious. Okay, yeah, because yeah, see that Hobbs, Hobbs and, and Shaw, Shaw didn't movie, have anything fun like that. That was a letdown. I was yeah. looking forward to that movie. And I that enjoyed was a big it when letdown. we watched it, and it was another one of those things where you sat and you started kind of thinking about it, and you were like, "That wasn't as fun as it could have uh, been." I didn't enjoy it when I watched it. That was kind of boring. I and you know why? Boring. Because it was one of those things that came out later where they were like, "Well." He can never have me like. No, no, neither no one can, can beat each other a in a fight, and it's like, yeah. I, okay, miss me with that. Then that's fucking lame. Yeah, I like in the the one you're talking about in that that whole prison scene's incredible. When he when whips they, oh the, the concrete bench <laughs> and yeah. he just starts. It's what, like stop it. He starts curling he, he it. Tells him something like, "I'm gonna beat you like a Cherokee <laughs> drum or something <laughs> like that." That's that scene right there. I would argue that's the best scene in the history of the Fast and the Furious. That whole, everything in that prison, the prison break, that was peak Fast and Furious. They could have, that could have just been the movie. That five minute scene. Oh, God. I wa- and they could have just said that's the movie, and right. I would have been like, "You paid seventeen bucks for that. I would have been. Pleased. I would have been fine. I'm worth it. Worth can it. we replay it? Are you going to say can we show it again? <laughs> yeah." Let's well, I think they're it. bringing Statham back for this, the last one, but The Rock isn't a welcome back. <laughs> it's amazing that Vin Diesel's a bigger draw than The Rock. Well, Vin's also management. Yeah, that's so true too. you know, it's like if he's got if he's got control, it does. You know, this the studio may be like we we would work with The Rock, but. It really feels like the Black Adam stuff really hurt The Rock. It did. I think the way he reacted to it um, was it, it did him more harm than the actual performance of the movie. Well, and sometimes you just gotta take the graceful L, man. Just yeah. you don't have you don't have to say anything about it. Just sometimes the movie you're in does like dog shit. Yeah, and I know I brought it up before, but I mean, just to reiterate, like everything I heard after it was like he was like everyone else had realized that it tanked that it wasn't you know and they kind of the studio just kind of wanted to move on from it and he was just trying really hard to 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 make the you know more happen with it and it, it just started annoying people and well and it's a lot of factors right like uh, all of these DC movies, it's it's like I don't give a shit. I'm interested in the couple years when we finally get the um, what's his name? Who took it over? Oh, uh, damn! From Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see his face in my head. Oh, come on, James. James. Oh, God. What's his name? That's right. James Gunn? James Gunn. There it is. There you we go. got there. <laughs> Before you got help. Incredible. Like he's writing and directing that new Superman movie. Mm-hmm. And I kind of trust his vision. So it's like that's that's when I'll come and peek back in on DC in a few years. I don't really give a shit about whatever the hell these last couple movies that came out were just one it's all been dog shit and i just i'm good thanks yeah and it's like well i don't know if this is going to be of any consequence to the new shit so why even bother 
but they put stuff out like there was like that blue beetle movie or something like who's watching this no one cares well and the shitty thing is is it's like in some it, maybe it's a good movie i don't know i just don't have any interest i just in, don't care i don't care well one thing i think is interesting not only is it are you at the point where like I just don't care anymore. Well, you're at a saturation point where it's just I don't want to ever watch a superhero movie ever again. And they and we it, this has been a topic that's been discussed for at least five or six years now. Of like, we've hit peak superhero movie and people are tired of it. Um, because I mean, if you, um, if you look at the history of cinema, and I don't know it really well to say specifics, but my understanding is. Like, there was a pretty hard line in the sand when Westerns just suddenly stopped being. Well, it's kind of happened with musicals, too. You would get, like, you know, they were very popular for a period of time, and then they, it's diminishing returns, and you might get one or two here and there, and then it'll bubble up and resurge again. But it's just, if this is the only thing that you keep putting out, I'm exhausted. But on top of that, on top of just burnout over a particular genre. They also haven't been good. They haven't been good. But besides that, we also just went through three years of COVID and, it, you know, a long stretch of time where one, you couldn't go to the movies and then you kind of, you could again. Some things were released at home. But in all of that time, it forced a lot of people to you know to to look at look for alternative means of entertainment people who would have gone who you know would go to the movies every weekend um or people who couldn't go to the gym anymore because you weren't allowed at the gym or something like that so and i'm obviously like for me like i really got into endurance and so you got pe- really into critical role yeah, I mean, and so people found other things to occupy their time, other hobbies, and that's in, that's taking up time that people would have otherwise spent on movies. I do think a lot of it, too, is the franchise fatigue, though. I just don't, I, I don't know how you could possibly care anymore. It just got to be yeah. so much. Well, in, in the Marvel movies especially, I mean, we... We like to rag on DC, and rightfully so, but the DC movies at least don't all feel like the exact same movie. Now, they do tend to be equally shitty, but Marvel, they kind of just make the same movie over and over and over again. And every once in a while, you'll get like, okay, like, you know, James Gunn comes along and does some Guardians of the Galaxy Well, you did have, and... though, I thought the, uh, uh, for a while there, they were doing, like, the first Captain America really was like, I wouldn't call it a World War II But that drama, was also but... really early Oh, yeah, on. yeah, that was early. Even the second one, it was a very good spy film. I thought those were some of the standouts, personally. Um... But when you did get something that came in, like even uh, Ragnarok, or we got some somebody with some vision in there that Marvel and Disney didn't immediately squash. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay. Look, a movie. We're having fun at the movies. Well, and then you have the Ragnarok example where then in the next one, you almost feel like, did he get too much freedom? Like, because Ragnarok was really successful. So now it's like, oh, have fun. 
Hmm. And you just make a not great movie. Still haven't watched it. Everybody I know that uh, has an opinion I've trust says it's bad. So I'm yeah, like, why am great. I going to waste three hours? It's not great. That one made me sad. Because you had such high hopes. Yeah, I really did. Because Christian a, Bale was up in you had there. Christian Bale. You have Natalie Portman. You have Russell Crowe. Do you have the best Hemsworth? The most Hemsworth? Taika. Taika. Yeah. And you know what you got? Trash. That was a sad one. How do you mess up a movie with Christian Bale? Come on. Man. Have you got... Did I bring this up before? I think you... I'm sure you have, Erica. Bob doesn't watch anything, so probably not. Have you seen Memento? Yeah. Have you Long seen time ago. Of I have not. not. It's a great movie. Great movie, man. Man, Nolan. A man yeah. knows how to make a movie. He's great. He's great. You watched that recently, right? Yeah, the a first couple time? weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I probably mentioned it in the last podcast. We're just doing the last podcast again. That's all yeah. right. It's going to be really fun because like, they're going to be like, first, someone's going to listen to one and they're going to listen to the other like three days later. It's going to be awesome. And they're going to be like, wait, am I having a stroke? <laughs> this is all the same nonsense. <laughs> Welcome to the show. That's right. <laughs> Um, oh, did you see Erica? Impact Wrestling is going to start calling themselves TNA again. Really? Yeah. Why? And I guess they're bringing back the six-sided ring. Get to try anything, I guess. I mean, right now. And also, apparently, Mr. CM Punk was backstage at an Impact show. Here's what I'll say. This is all else. Hey, if there's a place where he could just have his freedom to do If you just want to go wants, and you want to be like king shit charge. on Fuck Mountain, go ahead, man. On the show that's ratings are so bad that they don't even track. But I'll say that's an it's a growth opportunity, right? It is. To take something from it's not doing nothing and okay, let's see what we can do. And I'm not going to be mad about a third wrestling competitor out there. Apparently, I've heard like some of the wrestlers are already kind of like not the six sided ring because one, it's different to work in. And I would two, imagine it'd be harder to work in. Right? Yeah, I think so. Well, and, and and also harder from the sense that the ring is actually literally harder. Like yeah. apparently, by nature of its shape, it, it's you just don't get as much give. You yeah, you just bump harder on it. Well, so well, think about it. So I mean. And this is actually pretty top of mind because we watched the show. Well, you guys watched the show and I kind of wandered in and out recently where they actually pulled the canvas off and you see the long boards. That dastardly bastard, Christian. Um, So you see the long boards going across the ring. So the longer those boards... Um, the more give in the The more give. So your your boards, though, like towards the apex of, um, of the the hexagon you know those are going to be much shorter so those are not going to have as much give so where you know whereas with a square ring it's probably pretty consistent yeah yeah so not much to say there i just saw that i was like okay that's kind of no but you know what sure go somewhere where because i who fucking works there now anybody not really anyone of super note i mean so he can go down. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Tell everybody what to do. Tell everybody what to Punch do. Punch a few co- co-workers. Sure. Eat some desserts disgustingly on camera. Yeah, it's all his dreams in one little place. Hey, man. Keyword little. 
but you're right. I mean, if hey, if he could take it from jack shit, nobody's watching it to even a hundred thousand people are watching it, That's that would be a massive increase. Well, and there are people who liked working with Punk. Yeah. So oh, he's there. gonna be over there. The masochist. Yeah. Hey. You know. He is still a draw for some people. I mean, I I enjoy watching Punk, the TV character. It's just when you read about what a raging asshole he is, it's, it's hard very to, off-putting. It's hard to get behind it. It's, it's sure. off-putting. It's, it's like, just like, you know, it's like Tom Cruise jumping on the fucking couch on Oprah. It's like... All right, man. Like I mean, the that's thing that's is, the least of the worries, but I know, I know, I know what I you know. mean. Yeah. But that was when he. That's when I feel like the world kind of got tipped off to how crazy he actually. Yeah, was. there definitely was the like, wait a minute, what's, and what's and, going and on here? The sad here? thing is, you know, I generally enjoy a Tom Cruise movie. As do I. But you know, you're just kind of. It's like, well, do I really want to watch the movie with the crazy guy? Meh. You know. Well, that's why I. Bob will not watch Tom. Cruise I will movie. not watch Tom Cruise movies. And anymore. I haven't watched one in a really long time. I do but... need to watch the one where Cavill's cock in the fist. I've well, heard that scene, one's good. Yeah, I mean, that scene is just... And, and that's, that's just the, the dumbest thing in the history I think of all the, the Mission Impossibles are probably good just by the nature of the fact that, like, at least three times in each of them, you've got some stunt that Cruz did himself where he tried to die. Yeah. I, You know, what's interesting about Tom Cruise, um, I, I've heard the argument so many times. Because, like, I don't... This is one of those things where, like, I don't really generally talk about it, like, and I don't, I don't particularly, I'm not trying to convince other people that they should do what I do or that they shouldn't watch Tom Cruise movies or anything, but I, I well, the, so the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I find this interesting that when it do, when I do talk to people and say, uh, no, I just don't watch Tom Cruise movies, and they'll say, oh, well. Have you watched that live, die, repeat? You'd love that. He gets killed so many times. It's like when that's not the name of the movie. Yeah. Or, Edge of Tomorrow. I thought it was renamed to be live, die, repeat. No, it's Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. I think it was based off of something called that. I thought there was some. Uh, anyways. so That was the of, tagline, but that's what everybody called it because it was more prominent on the okay. poster. So either way. So Edge of Tomorrow. So this is this is fascinating to me. Because I think it just shows how disconnected people are from the reality of speak with your wallet. Yeah. You know, because it's like, well, if I watch the movie and I get some manner of catharsis over watching Tom Cruise's character just get shot in the head a whole bunch of times, (laughs) like, he's still going to make money off the fact that I watched it. So the unreal catharsis that I might get from it will actually result in a very tangible benefit to him. Right. It, it's just, it's so fascinating to me when I hear that argument. Well, it's weird to be like, yeah, watch so-and-so thing to see Tom Give Cruise money to, to this guy that you hate to watch him fake die. On yeah, it, I mean, at least if it's like you apply that argument to, say, boxing or something, mm-hmm. you want to watch some guy you don't like get his brains beat in. Get, I mean, but literally that's get, actually right. what's happening, though. And yes, you're putting money in his pocket, but 
You're still going to watch his brains beat in, potentially. And unfortunately, Mayweather will never take a fight that he'll lose. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like, uh, what's his name? You know, not Logan Paul. What's the other one? I oh. don't know. The Paul brothers. Anyways, I love seeing those two idiots get their brains beat in. But they're another. They also won't. They won't fight anyone who's good. Everyone they fight is washed up. Right. So but, you don't get to see it. Yeah. Did you see, by the way, this is my favorite. I think I actually meant to talk about this on the last podcast, but I forgot. Um. So, you know, for like forever, at least a decade, you have some company, the U.S. ADA or I can't remember. USAID. Hmm. I never mind. Well, I I can't remember what the abbreviation is. I'm drawing a blank right now on what exactly it is, but it's the company that did drug testing for UFC. Oh, um, I swear it's USADA, but I could be wrong. I think you're right. Um, well, anyways, they've been doing the drug testing for UFC just forever, and UFC wants Conor McGregor to come back. But I guess the way the rules work that have been set out forever and have always worked this way is if you're not in their drug testing pool, you have to be tested for like six months before you can fight. Okay. And UFC wants him to fight before that. Mm. So this is a problem. Yes. Um, so the solution was... To fire the company that does the drug testing for UFC so Connor could fight sooner. <laughs> that's not sure. That's not a bad look or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, it's just like we all know you don't actually care. So you may as well just be like, yeah, no, we don't give a shit. Well, that that I mean that's kind of the truth about it all you know just like with with sports books now and how like you can gamble on any game any game now if you want like perfectly legally in most places um it's like you you guys never cared about this like there was some sort of weird like taboo about it and like you were pretending to care about the integrity of the game or something it's like you guys never cared. Man, I I'm starting to wonder, especially with football, if you have a lot of referees out there trying to I'm not gonna say a lot, but I, I think you might have some referees out there trying to massage out certain outcomes or maybe hitting certain lines or covering or stuff like that. Because Sometimes you'll see things in NFL games that are even beyond like, oh, human error or had a bad day or something. I mean, you'll see things where it's like, no way did anyone watch this play from any angle. And then you called pass interference, you know, like there's no angle in the fucking building where this looks like pass interference. And you've and you and you, you know. Could coincidentally call it on a play where, like, the quarterback fumbles, loses the ball, and now the other team's going to win the game. But it's like, oh, wait, pass interference. That turnover didn't happen. Yeah, that kind of where you're, like, clearly affecting the outcome of the game has been clearly affected by your shitty call. Yeah, and, you know, 
I saw one. What was it? It seems to be happening more. More. It seems like refereeing is getting worse. In you hear every about sport. it more, and I feel like oh, well, there's definitely more of coverage. Oh, was that hilarious? Yeah, that was perfection. <laughs> that was hysterical because you could see the moment he's like, "Oh, oh, I'm tossed. All right, let's go. Do your little thing. Do your draw your line. Okay, you told me to draw. <laughs> All the right, line. here we go. And he was this funny uh, that that uh, that Aaron ump Boone. was so far off though, man. I would have lost it was my brutal. mind too. Oh, it was brutal. He's like that every game, Erica. Like you're standing in such a way that there's no way that you're getting a, a clear view <laughs> of the the balls and the strike. Well, that's the thing is, if you know, this is it's. It's frustrating because on one hand, the argument would be, well, you know going into the game with certain umpires that the ball and strike calls are going to be shit. So you shouldn't be mad because you know they're going to be shit. No, but these but games the mean hand, something. Yeah, I'm going to be mad. Hand, these games are people's livelihoods and potentially playoff berths and stuff like that. And if you have to watch this happen five, ten times a season... Every time you see it, you're probably getting progressively angry. Well, and not only that, but if we all know this and we know that they're bad, why does this <laughs> man still have a job? Well, that's my thing that I don't understand is why does every umpire have to do every job? Like, if if you're an ump who's great at calling balls and strikes, why aren't you just always calling balls and strikes? Like... I mean, I understand sometimes maybe you need a day off because you don't want to be bent over for three hours, but maybe you're an ump who's really, really good at calling outs at first base, right? Well, stick that guy there, Mm -hmm. let him do his job, and if he's good at that, but then his strike ball accuracy is shit, well, don't put him behind the plate to fuck up a whole game. Or why aren't we, like, how are we training these guys? That's my question. Why is one guy, like, posting up up here in, like, la-la land when other people are, like, <laughs> dead center and actually paying attention to what's happening? Not, okay, I'm going to stand all the way back here, and I'm going to call, and it'll be fine. <laughs> There's the one. Well, the, the guy you're talking about whose name I'm blanking on, the catcher is, like, centered with the plate, obviously, and then he's, like, four feet off he's to the right. He's way off. How could you know what the strike zone is? It's and guess impossible. what? He doesn't. He doesn't. The The... That was great. <laughs> the dabbing was outstanding. Draw your line. Okay. <laughs> I do think it's just a matter of time until they have the computer call them. Oh, they the are. They're good. At, they're too bad. at. There's too many of them that are too bad at the job, and they're screwing up games all over the place. And there's umpires who get playoff umping jobs who can't call balls and strikes. Yeah. It's like and you're that's, screwing up that's playoff a games. Yeah. Well, and, and I think what's what's eventually going to happen. This is my this is my theory. Is to your point, these playoff games, and you know, it's it's easy to to think like, oh well, this is just screwing up the rich uh, players and the owners' lives. But no, like if the Cubs make the playoffs. All the people that work all those games get another, at least another couple games worth of paychecks. You know, downtown or Wrigleyville gets that flood of people. Um, And the same applies everywhere in that there's um, 
professional sports teams. So, you know, if, if it's unfair, if like what is happening is unfair, and especially if it's been influenced by sports betting, what I can see is politicians wanting to get involved, which is funny because this is exactly how we ended up with the anti-doping stuff back in the nineties, because Congress was getting involved in baseball with the home runs and major league baseball was like, we do not want Congress regulating baseball. So then they eventually self-regulated. Um, So I think that is why we're going to get to the point of balls and strikes being called by the computer. It's going to, that one's going to be a hard pill for everyone to swallow. Um, I think the players are going to be thrilled, especially the players who are great at knowing what the strike zone actually is. Cause you'll see some of these guys, they're up there and they know when the ball is like half an inch to the outside and it's a ball, and they call it a strike, and you'll see them just look at the ump like, like really "Come on, mother- man, really, motherfucker, yeah, Come on, man. <laughs> you know, yeah." And and some of them are great. I mean, you know, it's like look at they're still he's still going in the playoffs. I remember like Kyle Schwarber has a great awareness of the strike zone. Now he's always swinging for the fucking fences, so he doesn't hit for a great average. But he gets up there, and it's either strike strikeout, walk, or home run. That's it. Pretty much. <laughs> That's it. Hey, I, another point related to all this. Since it's perfectly okay to bet on anything, and you can even, like, I think it's the the Washington Commanders actually have a sports book in the stadium. Well, uh, because why, why, why I, do we pretend I, that we have a problem with it? We don't I care. I can't stand all the sports betting stuff that's on every single broadcast yeah. now. It's horrible. It's terrible. It's so off-putting. But since, but since we're perfectly okay with it, can we, for the love of God, please undo the lifetime ban on Pete Rose? Can we forgive him and move on? Well, it's funny, too, because, like, whatever he did probably pales in comparison to what a lot of people are doing, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, he got caught and people were just like, well, <laughs> we got to be more careful. Right, exactly. And now you don't you probably don't even have to be that more careful. Well, then this just is don't my get thing. drunk and talk about it. This is my thing, and I think it's harder for one NFL referee to like dramatically influence an outcome of the game. Like they can find the right plays and swing a game hard. Yeah. But in terms of, it's not like a basketball referee, right? Where a basketball referee could just decide to call thirty fouls on one team and just completely fuck them over, assuming the other team can hit their free throws at any decent clip, right? But what keeps like, let's say I had a friend on Xbox Mm -hmm. who was Mm an NFL ref and he was like, hey, bet on this game. And if it's close, I'll swing it. You know, I'll make it cover or whatever. You know, it's like, what would stop someone from doing that? I don't think it would be that hard. No, it really wouldn't. And then what? Next time I see him, I pass him five thousand dollars in cash. You know, like, how are you going to even track that? You don't unless really. you've got unless they're tapping his Xbox connection, <laughs> you know. But I, it's like 
I, I just, I see, it seems like, and obviously there's more of a focus on it with social media and Reddit or whatever. Yeah. But man, you see a lot of calls where you're just like, what the fuck were they even looking at? Hmm. And not like borderline stuff, not like the, you know, we know like in football, there's holding on every goddamn play. Sure. And that's actually the hardest part of a referee's job is to discern like what affected a play right. and what didn't. Because there's yeah. a hold. Every single down in the NFL, someone's holding. Yeah. But are they holding like on the left side of the field when a screen pass was called to the right side? Well, you shouldn't call that because it didn't that affect, didn't affect but, shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Refereeing bad. What else is new? <laughs> I just, I, it's like, it is sad, man, because when you watch stuff like that, that Aaron Boone explosion, and it was so funny, we would lose that with ball and strike being called by the computer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they would find something else to get mad about and stomp their feet about sure, and draw their sure, fucking lines sure. and everything. But it wouldn't be the same as what the fuck are you looking at? Like, <laughs> Oh no, genuinely a coach, like realizing he's been tossed and then losing his goddamn mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Those are always the best. But it's like, Oh, 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 I'm out. Okay. Well, now I'm going to get my money's worth. Now I'm really going to go up. And I I just love that he's like, some of it you can hear, but some of it he's like reading their lips. And it's such a boon for these umpire arguments. Because I kind of figured so many of these umpire manager arguments were just like, you scream a little bit about some horse shit. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you want to grab dinner later? You know, throw me out of the game. Like, it's like I'm done for today you no know? no this is this is like this is like actual being genuine irate. hatred right <laughs> I remember I remember one I should try to find it and send it to you but it was like before the all-star break this year it's like the game before the all-star break David Ross something with balls and strikes again this guy's missing all these calls it's like the first or second inning he's already missed a bunch of fucking ball and strike calls and David Ross just comes out of the dugout. He's already been tossed because he was yelling from the dugout. And he comes out of the dugout and he says something. It gets picked up on the mic. He says something like, we're one day away from the All-Star break and you're this bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so funny. Just like the shit they come up with to go right at the jugular, you know. Hey, I've got... Two running topics. Excellent. That I love running topics. That um, I'm interested in your opinion. One is just kind of, I, I think, fascinating and just I want to put out into the universe of non-running. And the other is relevant to what we've been talking about. So the fir- uh, first, right now, uh, there is a race going on called... Okay. Um, uh, the Biggs Backyard Ultra. It's the World Championship of uh, Backyard Ultra Marathons. Um, and it's the original. Now, what's a Backyard Ultra? Um, it is... I'm glad you asked. Yeah. It is a race um, where runners run uh, every hour a distance of about 4.1 miles. Um and the way it works is at the start of every hour, everyone is in a box. And then the horn blows 
and they go and they have to run 4.1 miles and they have to be back in the box at the start of the next hour. Now, sometimes it's an out and back. Sometimes it's a loop. Um, you know, there are, you know, a couple, not a lot of different variations, but a couple different variations. And the idea is it's just a last man standing. Yeah, and you, you've either done this before or told me about this before. Yeah, I've, I did this last year at a race called Last Dot Standing, and I knew I had no chance. Right. So, right. You, yeah. You know, but it was, it was, yeah, just for fun. Um, it's fascinating uh, experience. Um, but so this is going on now. And what's crazy is the, like, in the last couple of years, the distances that have been covered has gotten absurd. Like, the record I think is four in the low four hundreds, like four oh four, I wanna say is the number coming out. Four hundred four miles. Um That's so obscene. That it, it that's four days of it's running. Disgusting, isn't it? Four yeah. straight days of running. Cause it, the way it works out, um, the reason for four point one is that in the twenty four hour period that's a hundred miles. Okay. Um so 400, you know, that's four straight days. And um, so it's going on right now. At Right now, the runners are at 350 miles. And there are 11 of them left. The sick fucks. 11 people left doing this. There were like 40 some over... 200 miles. I felt when we were driving home yesterday, you mentioned that there were still... Like a mind-boggling number yeah. of people. I mean, it, it's just absolutely insane what is going on there. Um, and with 11 people still at 350 miles, there's a very good chance that they'll break the record for that. Um, and what's really wild about this race is that it's possible to have no winner. Because it, it the race ends when either nobody gets back to the start line in time or um, the last person gets back to the start line in time. Right. So if nobody gets back to the start line in time, there's no, no winner. Yeah, like if two people go out but then they can't make it back, the race is over, no one wins. Correct. So, um, which has happened in these races. Um, so... Just really, like, I, I can't imagine it. Like, Well, that's like some serious mental warfare, too, when it's down to you and one other person, let's say, and you're both looking at each other like, please quit before right. I do, yeah. before we both die. Well, and it's weird because, like, when, you, when you're going through that, like, you're building your... Uh, you know you're you're competing with these people but you're also at the same time you're spending days with them you're building some level of camaraderie um so that's got to make the competing part of it harder i would think um but yeah it's it, it's it's very wild i'm it's, i would guess it'll be over tomorrow um at some point but it is it's just Mind button because they're you know the longest race in the world is this 3100 mile race in New York City. Um, so there are longer races, but 
this is just the longest continue like so like if you run it's 4.1 miles for an elite runner you know they can do that in no time flat so like theoretically like you could run really fast one lap and then like take a quick power nap that's true you know um which i'm sure they're doing but it's like just i i can't wrap my head around it it's, well, especially it's, when you're like a 350 in or 400 in. It's like, that's like, why? <laughs> it's amazing. Wait. It's honestly amazing. Like people aren't dying. Well, that so this is, that's a thing that, you know, in our running groups we've talked about is like, we're worried that the downfall of this event is ultimately going to be people getting severely hurt or dying um but uh you know these are also elite athletes who know the risks they're taking so yeah you almost there should probably be some real consideration before someone does die to be given to having like some sort of medical status that if you reach it you can't go anymore like whatever that would be mm-hmm. i don't even know what you would what metric that like how you would determine that, but almost something where like a doctor can disqualify you, you know? Yeah. Which would suck if you're like 5 trillion miles in and the doctor comes along and he's like, you're done. You lose. Yeah. But but that happens in all sports, right? I I mean, I don't see that happening. Um, I think they would shut down the race before they would implement that. Um, Just because of the nature of, of, the running community and, and that kind of um, that kind of environment. And it, cause it's not a team sport either. Right. I mean, there are team last man standing races, but you know, it, it's an individual thing, you know? So there's no one, there's no coach who's like saying, you know, Hey, quarterback, you're too valuable. Like, I know you want to go out there and I wish you were out there, but, you know, it's usually not the coach, right? It's probably the general manager, or the owner who's like, no, he's too valuable. Make him sit. But well, it, it is funny to think about as well the, the duality of runners that you've got people out there who are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't talk about dieting. That's my trigger. <laughs> right. But on the other hand, <laughs> they're so mentally tough that they're like, because that's just pure mental toughness yes. at that point. That's yeah. just will and desire it's more than pushing physical to a point conditioning. That like I don't understand. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like Bob out there when he did when Ultra Bob did his one hundred. That was sheer mental will. That wasn't like I mean, obviously conditioning in your body plays a role. But we're going but, to do this. But yeah. it's that's like just not being willing to quit when right. you're out there fucking hallucinating the spiders and everything else, like. <laughs> That's just not that's just not being willing to give up because me not being a sick fuck, once I start seeing the spiders out in front of me, I probably stop personally. <laughs> I probably just pass out and die. Correct. Yes. Well, that was you know, that's funny cuz this race I was at over the weekend, I had a I hit a really low point around mile 32 um and to the point that I seriously considered dropping. And, um, and I just, 
I just ended up pushing through. I was just like, nah, I'll just keep going. Like you were just what? Like the mental fatigue or the physical fatigue? What was it? Um, what I ultimately figured out was that I was really low on salt. Okay. Um, and so I really um, needed a lot of electrolytes. Um, so I felt very weak. Like I couldn't run. I wasn't like out of breath or anything. It was just... Um, and what was really tr- problematic was that it was timed like perfectly with it starting to rain. So with like the temperatures were like in the mid fo- mid to upper forties, it's raining. Now, if I'm running, I'm generating enough heat. That's not a problem. But if I'm walking, there's risk of hypothermia. And I was actually thinking about this cause Erica was up there and we were, she was originally going to try and meet me at that aid station, but uh, we were having cell issues and she couldn't get my location and it didn't work out. But I was actually thinking about like, if I, if you had seen me at that aid station, you would have been a little bit more likely to have been like, yeah, fuck this. Well, hey, look, a warm car. Well, I, I, I was wondering just like how you would react to seeing me in that state, knowing I have more time, like, 20 miles to go still so well i also trust that you know like what what do i what do i tell you whenever you go do one of these stupid things you're already doing something stupid don't do anything stupider but no so it's it is a weird thing and you like you you do start to like when you're out there and you get to that low point and you do like ask yourself like why do i do this like this is dumb. This uh, I'm miserable right now. And you, you have to remind yourself that this will pass. Just got to get, get to the next aid station and just keep moving because event, because you're going to, you're going to beat yourself up so much more for quitting. Yeah. Then, Unless you're injured, you know. Well, you, and that's different. If yeah. you're injured, it's like, okay, I'm injured. I'm not going to whisk, risk my long-term health yeah. over some dumb shit. That's, that's different, yeah. there's and, and that's one of the challenges of the sport is getting to know your body well enough to be able to say, I'm hurting versus I'm hurt. Yeah. And, and knowing when it's okay to continue pushing and when you really need to step aside. Well, and especially for you, I feel like because you've already done stuff like uh, achieved ultra Bob status, if you're out there on another ultra and you feel like you just pulled something or whatever, you don't have to have that feeling in the back of your mind. Like, Oh, this was my opportunity and now I'm blowing it or I'm giving up or something. It's like you already did it. Like, you don't have anything to prove. Now you're doing it for either fun or to challenge yourself to do it faster or something. You don't have to prove that you can do it. You already know you can do it. So that's that actually segues into the other running thing I wanted to bring up that was related to what we were talking about, um, which is the Western States 100. And so this is the race I went and crewed my friend Kevin at um, in June. And um, what's interesting about that race is it's really, really hard to get into. Um, you've got to just be a combination of incredibly lucky and incredibly persistent. 
because it's a lottery many thousands of people put in for less than 400 spots every year um and a lot of the and a good portion of those spots go to people who win other races and get what they call a golden ticket or our sponsor spots um and there's a couple other ways to get in like guaranteed but so you know when all is said and done like there's only like maybe 325 is the number I'm going to throw out there, but don't hold me to it. Spots that thousands of people right. are applying for. Now, they do a weighted lottery. So every year you put in for it, like your first year you get one ticket. Your second year you get two tickets. Your third year you get four tickets. Oh, so your, your chances go up. Over time. But the way you get tickets is by running a qualifying race. So you have to, and they're... There's a defined list of qualifying races. They're generally all, for the most part, they're hundreds, 100 milers. There are some 100Ks that also qualify. So you've got to run one of these every year um, to, to keep your lottery ticket going. And it used to be if you missed the year, you just lost all your tickets. But they've made it made some concessions to um, allow people to skip a year. Um, and they have made um, some uh, changes that allow women who get pregnant to defer, um, which they never used to do. So anyways, point being, it's really hard to get into this race. So in general, if you get in, you got to do, you should do that's it. Your, that's your shot. And so like, you you're you're going you you if you if you're hurting or you you twist your ankle or something you like it just incentivizes you to push through stuff that you shouldn't push through because you're not going to get another opportunity or your chances of getting another opportunity are very low so i i think that's that is an unfortunate aspect of the race um that um i i wish they could find a way to address but that wasn't what i wanted to talk about with that race what it wanted to talk about the whole thing was just to get to the fact that you got into this race so now you're telling erica no i didn't get into the race um I, i haven't qualified for it so i thought that's where we were going that's no go ahead bob no I mean, that's never happened before where you applied for a race that you didn't think you'd get into and then you suddenly got into. I mean, that's never happened. Hey, you know. You're actually, you're, you're making him mad now. He's getting red. Like, you're genuinely making him angry. Tell me the story. I'm ready for the rest. I've been listening. I'm engaged. So. I can't have some fun along the way. So what? No, it's funny is you've never really seen him mad, and you're genuinely. Yes, I have. I don't know about yes, that. Yes, I have. I don't know about that. There's been a few times. Are you kidding? I've been to restaurants with him. I've seen him mad. Anyways, so a few years ago, Lance Armstrong decided that he was going to try his hand at ultra running. Oh, really? Yes. 
Well, he figures they're not drug tests him. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, Sorry. So, he started, you know, he got into the sport and, um, there, you know, I mean, yes, he's a cycler, but he is a, um, you know, he's, even with, out the doping a phenomenal athlete so he could be very successful in the sport um but th- so there was all this talk about like is is lance going to go to western states so they implemented a rule that basically says this <laughs> is fuck lance armstrong <laughs> it might as well the rule is if you have ever been suspended or banned for doping in any sport you are never allowed to run the race <laughs> hilarious that's that's pretty great that's a real nice I, I like, like oh that. oh lance is thinking of running a race how about you go fuck yourself but i like that actually that's a nice little that's a nice little jab twist the knife thing. yeah i mean don't get me wrong i appreciate the spite move yeah but do you agree with it i'm um, like on principle um well are they testing they do test the winners then yeah i don't have a problem with it if they're doing some testing well but if you're testing the argument would be you don't need to do that then because you're testing well i mean this is assuming you believe your testing's good yeah i mean these well I mean, Lance Armstrong beat, like, in theory, some of the hardest drug tests in the world for a long time, like a decade. Yeah. So, but I mean, the the point is, there's no, as the rule stands, there is no way for Lance Armstrong or anyone else who has ever been, uh, who has ever been caught doping, to get any manner of redemption and be, have an opportunity to run the race. You're just out for life. And is that necessarily right? Cheating has consequences. I I would say um I mean it's hard when it's not a case by case basis when it's just like a blanket ban, right? But for someone like a Lance Armstrong, there was so much cheating for such a sustained period of time. Mm-hmm. This isn't like I made a mistake. This is no, this was planned out. This was meticulous. You knew what you were doing. You knew it was wrong. You deserve to be shunned, you know, like just for him, that case specifically. This isn't like, oh, I got hurt. So I ditched some HGH to try to get back from injury or something like this is sustained long-term planned out cheating. So, but now on an overall policy level, um, it's tough. I'd really have to think about it. I, I kind of do lean in the camp that if you've already eaten, like what was the rule specifically? If you've just been, if you've, popped for any cheating period like steroids or whatever in another sport you're banned hold on give me two seconds to look this up what are you looking at he's looking up the rule i believe 
Got anything you want to talk about while he looks up the rule? What's the maddest you've seen, Bob? Can you is it something you could talk about on the podcast? I would talk about it on the podcast, but I there have been a couple times where I've seen him well and genuinely furious. Okay. Is there any good podcast stories of Bob being angry that you can share? One that comes to mind, and I don't know if it was like, I don't even remember what he was mad about. But but it reminds me of this other time when we were out east and they were doing a bonfire. They used to have a very big backyard and they do these massive bonfires. And it was had cold, it was cold and it had snowed. And so they were trying to get this thing going. And the one brother is on one side, very close, and trying to get it going. While the other brother is on the other side, throwing gasoline on it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, hey, idiots. <laughs> You're both going to explode. Stop doing that. Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. You were, you were mad, but you weren't, like, furious. But anyway. Performance rule 18 reads, Okay. The Western State's endurance run has a zero-tolerance policy regarding the use of performance-enhancing drugs. Any athlete who has been determined to have violated anti-doping rules or policies, whether enforced by the International Association of Athletic Federations, the World Anti-Doping Agency, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, or any other national sports federation, is ineligible for entry into the Western State's endurance run. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's fair because you're specifying the organizations and those are all like considered reputable. Legit organizations. Right. Like, It's not like Dr. Nick's upstairs yeah, like doping clinic. Right. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I'm I'm fine with that. How do you feel about it, Bob? I'm torn on it um, in that. I don't, I don't like, I don't like policies that have punishments that really have no, you have no means of redemption. And as the rule stands, you don't, you know, um, at the same time, um, because, and and here's the, the, and there's no like, there's no room in that policy for examining on a case by case basis. And I know and that's hard because then you have to be able to defend it and you need criteria. Right. Because then you're saying, well, what makes it okay that this person can run, but that person can't right. run. And you're opening yourself up to all sorts of legal trouble. So I understand it. Um, I do wish there was a way they could make it so that they could look at it at a case-by-case basis. At the same time, this is already an extremely difficult race to get into. And, you know, so why should, you know, people who have been caught cheating, you know... Get a slot. Get a slot from people who are, especially, the you know, most of the people who are getting a lottery slot are people like me or like my friend Kevin who are just recreational runners runner as far as anyone's concerned no one knows who they are who've worked really hard 
to get their tickets so that they can try and get into this race, they should, you know, they should have priority. So it, it, it's, I think, in, I think it for them, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I think the policy could be better, but I'm not losing sleep over it. I mean, if it was saying fuck you to somebody who wasn't such an obstinate prick as Lance Armstrong kind of is, you know, maybe it'd have more of an issue, but well, it'd, be, it'd be more fun. Like, I'd be sad if Brock Lesnar said he wanted to run this race. <laughs> But he can't do it because he got popped one time or something. And he really just want to see Brock Lesnar like yeah, I just want to see Brock trucking down run a doing marathon. an ultra. Yeah, I mean, you see that beast of a man. <laughs> that would be, be amazing. Fucking hysterical. Well, and what about? Okay, so that that specifically disqualifies people who've been popped by some organization. But what about people who have just openly doped, <clears throat> like like Arnold? Arnold's not shy about saying he did a bunch of steroids. So does he? Is, does he get to do the race? I mean, according, just based off that rule, he does. Yeah, because he didn't fail any drug tests for sports activities, right? So, so that's kind of. I mean, that would be a hole in that rule. I would say you, sure. you're not banning people who have openly admitted that they've done stuff. Sure. So that's kind of weird. I mean, it's like yeah, but how many people are? You're going to fall into that boat. Sure. Right. But if you're suddenly going to have celebrities doing it or something like, you know, that could happen. It's possible for sure. It's just, I'm just, now I'm, I'm just thinking, it's like, once I start hearing about rules, I start thinking of all the loopholes or workarounds. That's how my mind goes. We are human. Anytime you throw a rule out there, everyone's immediately trying to think of the loopholes. Yeah. But no, yeah, I just thought that was the the interesting interesting thought exercises to, um, in that that race gets a lot of scrutiny, um, because of, uh, you know, for the lottery and it is, it is very it is a very prestigious race in the ultra running community. It's a race uh, I would say most ultra runners would like to do at some point. I think that's fair um, to say. So, um, yeah, a lot of focus on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Got anything else, Erica? Um, not really. You I were mean... saying, you were saying, uh, so Netflix is having, like, a, their version of the upfronts or something? Oh, so they do, like... Uh, it's kind of once a year. It kind of varies on when they do it, which is annoying. They call it Geeked Week, where they show a bunch Geek of... Week? Geeked Week. Geeked Week, okay. Where they show a bunch of, like, new trailers and, like, oh, what's coming up in the next, like... I don't know if it's next six months, six months, quarter, or exactly, like, what the time frame is or just kind of what's coming up, but... So, yeah, it's kind of a public facing version of of upfronts. Sure. I just I think it's weird because I'm sure obviously some stuff's been filmed that's in the can. They could put it up to a certain degree. Well, what we but were the talking writers about in the actor strikes have been going for a pretty good amount of time. Well, writer strike is over. They've ratified well, their new deal a few like, Okay, but they're not going to pump something out. No, in, no, no, like, no, no, no. A week. They are back to work, so they're working on stuff. 
But the actors are still on strike. So you haven't had anything new filmed in about three months, I think it is. Um, uh, but we were talking about it briefly before uh, uh, we started filming or recording. Was they're giving Stranger Things like a whole day. And it's like, what do you have to fucking talk about? Like, the actors can't come on and, like, do anything or say anything. You could probably have, like, the Duffer Brothers come on and talk. But I don't, I don't fucking care what they have to say. Not really, like... Could you explain why every episode was the length of Inception? I That is something I would like an explanation for. Without... Without... There, that's not a joke. Like, I want to know why they felt... The last episode of that last season needed to be two hours and 40 minutes long. And that's not even hyperbole. That's how long that fucking shit was. Yeah. And I I definitely remember a a lot of those episodes of Stranger Things taking breaks. And I'm not one to want to like stop in the middle of a movie or stop in the middle of a TV episode. I want to like watch the thing, sit down, be in the mindset, be in the moment. Don't play on my phone or anything you know just like be locked in on the movie podcast (laughs) well no i was what i didn't even i was just wondering if he was gonna even pick up on that i was just checking if he was listening i was sometimes you're not listening so i just you know just a little little usually i would like i'd get home from from whatever that friday uh whenever those episodes dropped and i'm a maniac i'll sit there and i'll watch all what is it eight or whatever Sure. But they were all about 45 minutes long. So it wasn't like an insurmountable task. Like not something a normal person would do, but the way I'm wired, I'm sitting down, I'm watching it all. You could not do that with this season. I think I watched it over the course oh, they of were like... all like an hour and a half or I something. watched it over the course of like three nights. Yeah, every episode was an hour and a half. And I got to that last episode and I had to pause it and jump on the Discord with my friends and be like, are you fucking serious? Well, and you could feel when something is being bloated and not edited down. Yeah, and that that entire season. It's like I just brought up Inception, so I guess I'll just use that as the example. But that's like a three-hour movie, but it doesn't feel like a three-hour movie. And that movie keeps moving, it's tight, and there doesn't really seem like a lot of things that could have been cut. Whereas you watch like a, there's some movies I'm trying to think like, especially some of these longer Marvel movies, you start thinking, okay, like any, you could cut some of this shit in the last like five years. I would say every movie doesn't have to be two and a half, three hours long. Yeah. Superhero movies don't have to be two and a half, three hours long, two hours. I think as long as you need to be, I think the target for pretty much, 95% 95% of the movies should be an hour and a half to two hours. Agreed. And if you're going beyond two hours, you got to have a good reason. Like there I has to be a lot of content, a lot of story to tell or something. Like I understand if you're, you know, and we know we're going to get like a TV show for like Horizon Zero Dawn at some point. I think that's in development. If you were going to do a Horizon Zero Dawn movie, like you're trying to take like a 40 hour game and condense it. Like, okay, I could see needing to make that three hours, right? Sure. Depending on how you go with it. Sure. Of course. Um, Because you could take those basic core elements. It's not going to be the exact thing as the game, but it's an adaptation, so it shouldn't be. And you can tweak it, and you could get that under two hours. You just got to condense the story quite a bit, and you're not going to be getting all those... 
It would just end up being an action movie or something. Sure. Is what it would be. It'd still be good, though. But, done in the right hands. But yeah, I mean, it's just like... I can understand the reasoning for needing to make some stuff long. And there are movies you watch where you're like, okay, this earned its runtime. Oh, thousand percent. But more movies don't than do. Agreed. Yeah. You know, well, my I question mean, is, why does this Netflix show get all the extra fucking time? Mm, what about the other Netflix shows? Mm, well, maybe those have issues with content. <laughs> I mean, there's certain content I wouldn't mind looking at, but you know, whatever. That's fine, with Netflix. A with a trombone, maybe? Sure. Okay. Let the Duffer Brothers do whatever the fuck they want. Right. That's fine. Now, if I had the time and the inclination, I would love to sit down and do like an edit of the last season. I would cut out so much of that Russia nonsense because you really didn't need it. Um, so much stuff with uh, well, and all California. that even led to in the end was them like battling the one monster or something it was like total waste of time you're looking for something for those characters to do because you didn't have anything for them yeah basically it what what can we do with them because we should just like killed them off basically because you didn't have shit we thought we weren't gonna get david harbour back because he was gonna go and do movies and be hellboy but then that movie tanked so he came back did he really did he really think he was gonna be like a movie star or something come on man that hellboy movie was bad I it wasn't good. I didn't see that Oof. one. I only saw the first one with uh, Ron Perlman. That's a good movie. The second uh, one's even better, I would say. Yeah. Because the first one made money, and so the second one, they were like, okay, go and make an actual, like, do what you want. We're not going to get as involved as we did. And the the David Harbour one is just like, what am I watching? This is terrible. Of all the things to watch, that's what you watched? Well, I enjoy the Hellboy franchise. I like the comics. I like him. And I was like, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. also a long time ago. This is like, I think I was pregnant when we watched that. That was one of like the last episodes of uh, after the movie we did. Really? That was that long ago that movie came out? Yeah. I don't even remember. That was like 2018, 2019. Right? Hmm. You're looking at sure. your phone. Check it out. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't appreciate how often my phone is discussed on this podcast. But you do have your phone out, so check and see when Hellboy came out. I would never bring that up. You just did, five seconds ago. What are you talking about? But no, there is no reason for... It. What I really didn't understand was like, okay... 2019. 2019. This is a streaming platform. Just cut that into two episodes. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Why does this have to be one episode? Just... Chop it in half. (laughs) Yeah, that is the other thing of... I mean, I guess that's the downside and upside of streaming, right? Is you don't have to hit a certain time frame for network TV with commercials and all that. And they don't have to worry about airing. Like, could you imagine if that episode got aired? Like, what would you say it was? Two, you said it was two and a half hours or something? It's like two hours and 40 minutes. Okay, so if you were airing that on, let's say, NBC... How long would that be then? It would be like a four-hour fucking show. That's your whole show. day of programming. It would be four hours at least with It's like when TNT throws on one of those Lord of the Rings movies. It's like a five-hour, yeah, like... Yeah, it's the whole day. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's the whole afternoon. But, yeah, I mean, it's like... So that's the that's the upside of streaming, right? Is they could just say, like, well, this is the episode, and this is how we want to put out there, and we're going to upload it in this state. 
But the downside is there aren't really constraints, right? Just it's, no. it's positives and negatives. And sometimes I think your creative types out there, they need some guidelines to work within to get the best results. There is a good editor can save your project. Not like not like the guidelines where you see like the stupid, you know, you always see the behind the scenes type oh, stuff. Excuse where... me. Two hours and 22 minutes. Oh, sorry. Pardon me. Okay. Pardon me. Uh, your apology accepted on behalf of Stranger Things. But I just the shortest episode is an hour and four minutes. I think if you're if you're like the director or the writer or something, it's probably really aggravating to get your show notes from some random ass fucking executive who doesn't know jack shit about making TV. Yes. Right. I would agree. But on the other hand, I do think you do need someone to be like, let's kind of keep things within a certain window and not get too bloated and not have a bunch of bullshit in there that doesn't matter. Like, let's kind of try to keep it on the rails. Well, that's your creative team, right? That's your executive producers, your producers. And you should, as the directors and writers, be working with the editor to be like, okay, well, this is the beats that we really want to hit. Here's the footage we have. What do you think? It's it's a very, it should be a collaborative process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about it a lot in terms of like projects that I've done at work where, you know, someone will throw out a problem and I will make a suggestion and somebody will chime in and say, well, that might work, but, you know, this particular group of people is going to have a problem with that which then sends it back to me to say, okay, well, can I make that solution also work for that group of people or do we need a new solution? And you kind of work around it. And in the end, it results in a better product for everyone. And, um, you know, because no one person know, has it perfect. No, there's nothing wrong with getting more eyes on something and you do start to get to a point where it is just like, what, what's the point of all of this? This is so bloated and none of it is in service of the story. It's all just very overly indulgent mm -hmm. and it's not doing anything for me. And I mean, I'm going to watch that final season of Stranger Things just because... Well, you've already watched the rest of it. I've already watched four. I am invested in some of the characters. Yeah. I'm interested to see how they ultimately end up finishing the story. I will watch the last season of it because I didn't think this past season was that bad. There were things about it that annoyed me. But that's the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, but that's a thing that people do do. I know. But that was once like... I'm, once I'm in, I got to see it through. But, well, that was like Westworld. I didn't... Uh, was it Westworld? And what was the, there was something recently. Foundation. Yeah, Foundation. I, okay, I watched the first. I'm, well, because that, that made you mad, though. Foundation, that yeah. was, that, that, I, I that angried up Bob's nerd blood. I think it's one thing, though, to watch, like, a season or two versus watching, like, four, five, six, seven seasons of something and then being like, okay, I'm going to watch the last season, if even if I'm not really loving this show at this point. And I understand, I think you go the other way, Bob, which is like, you're thinking, well, I don't want to be one of those idiots like Alex, so I'm going to quit this show preemptively. You know what? It's still good, but I'm out of here because <laughs> I think it might get bad. 
No, I'm not. That <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, Bob watched the final season of Game of Thrones like all of us idiots. So yeah, no, I was well, and that's I a was lot. ahead of the. You know what? Again, I'm going to give myself pat right on the back i was ahead of the curve on that shitty show i was telling you guys that show went to trash a season before you even caught on to it i will say game of thrones is what pushed me to my stance on on stuff now where it's like no i'm just like i see those two assholes name attached to anything well, i'm like uh, no well <laughs> well what have you what have they even been doing I he, even seen they attached are the producers on a new netflix i think it's a show called the three body problem it's based off of a, a book series that i do actually really want to read are they just adapting it or are they writing it i'm not 100 percent adapting it it might be good not 100 percent sure how involved they are but nah i'm i'm good Thank you. No, well, as I'm long good. as they don't have to create anything out of thin air, as long as they don't have to create okay. anything, we should yeah. be okay. <laughs> if they have like storyboards and all the writing's already done, nah. and they can just adapt, the it, trust, the trust is good. gone. No, they're done. Well, I think some uh, there might be another old fat guy who has some fault in Game of Thrones going off the cliff too. <laughs> For not finishing his goddamn books. That's not his. He is not at fault for that television show falling off the rails. Mm, he's got his part. Where those guys are talking about, like, well, the characters just forgot that this was going on. No, that's because well, that you guys was... are stupid. Yes. That's but... a you problem. <laughs> that's where you do wonder where are the executives. Like, did they ever sit in a room and talk to these two? They were, like, if you ever watched those, like, after episode things they do, and that final season when they would talk about stuff, you'd be sitting there like, and you got paid to do, you're getting paid for this? Oh, yeah. Daenerys forgot about the, uh, the, the Iron Armada, or whatever the fuck it was called. What? <laughs> a massive fleet. Excuse me? What? <laughs> Well, I'd forget, too, if you had a giant dragon that could just annihilate all the, all the characters are suddenly the dumbest people that you've ever uh, uh, experienced in your entire lives. I wonder how the giant it's dragon would play shrug. in Age of Empires. Would I just, like, wipe out an entire army in one fell flame breath? I mean, or? they should throw that in there. Like, all you get is a dragon. Like, dragon v. army. Like, yeah. that'd be fun. I think it could be. You guys a dragon get every once in a while has to go like eat a sheep to regenerate his, his energy. And that's the thing. Like, oh, we, got, run, we gotta find, you, we gotta find you, the dragon if now. Run, if you run out of sheep, then you just you're can't do real shit fucked. And you lose. Um, I'd be into this, Alex. It sounds like a fun mod. Yeah, I, I, mean, I have a lot of bad ideas. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. I don't think. I'm not exactly overflowing on topics this week. Mm. It's all right. I think we're still over two hours. Yeah, we're still over two hours. Oh, so we've done our part. We've done our part. Yeah. We met our quota. <laughs> well, I feel three hours is the quota. Well, I think that... One well, day we should just try to keep going and going and going, Erica. Like, you should get a great night of sleep. Get some, like, five-hour energy or whatever oof. it's called. Get a nice caffeine hit. And then we could see how long we can go before Bob is just like, I'm fucking done. Before he flips the like, table. I'm going to bed. And is like, I am Fuck tired. Let's too. go. Like, are we, if we get to like four hours in, would you just be like, that's it. I'm out of here. I feel here. like we've done that before. We have not done, I don't think we've ever done four hours. No. Have we really never gotten above four? I think it's been about three and a half the longest ever. I feel like some of those challenge episodes are pretty fucking long. 
Not really, though, because we would mostly just talk about that and that would be it. There was a time where we started just shifting to episodes just about the challenge, but I feel like there were some episodes in there that we got we got pretty long. Are you guys ever going to watch this this Challenge USA season two? Probably not. Do you want me to just... I just want to spoil one little thing. Yeah, go, go ahead. Which is... It, it is the ending, but it's like, who cares? But, um... So, you know, you have all your... You have your challenge vets. You have your big brother people. You have your survivor people. This is the CBS show. This isn't the MTV show. Mm-hmm. And Fessy's on there, of course. Fessel, sorry. Being a huge clown, as always. Lying relentlessly, screwing people over. Is all he the, still... He's not leaning in to be a No, deal? he's still pretending like he's a nice guy. God, that's so fucking annoying. So, but... But... Erica, there was. Was joy. there finally? There was joy, though. Some justice, some comeuppance. They get to the final, and um, it was like one of those where I think the final was four men and four women, but whoever didn't, whoever was last at a certain point in the final got eliminated, and Fessel was in fourth at that point. So he's he's outski. He's out of here. And then the best is after all his talk about like, you know, so and so's old, this guy sucks, that guy sucks, I'm the best here, I'm gonna win the goddamn challenge. So this guy Chris shows up, fine guy, not really any problem with him or whatever. He's like all these other is he reality a big brother TV guy or something like that. Yeah. He's like all these other new reality T V people. He's just a he's just a generic dude. Like you could plug anybody into take him or leave him sure but he's smart he's athletic he's really good i mean he's just kind of boring tv Mm -hmm. but um he ends up winning the whole show and like dominantly like i think they tried to edit it to make it look like it was like close but it was one of those where it was like it was pretty obvious he was like chilling on the top of the mountain waiting for everyone to catch up to him Hmm. but he won by easily and he earned it like he was always like at the bottom of the totem pole he had to win like four or five eliminations like won the final this dude earned the money um but it's just funny to me that like this guy shows up first time out of nowhere right out of nowhere wins the whole show cinderella story and it's like suck it fessy (laughs) pretty much yep that's the summary who came in second and third? Um, Corey came in second and Bananas came in third. Can't keep Bananas down, man. Well, I mean, what it came down to is... I do appreciate they, the Bananas, like, squeaked through and Fessy got eliminated. <laughs> That's great. Well, one of the... They had these, like, risk stations or whatever, and it was basically... The big one that really mattered the most was... um. It was basically they they came to these like it was like a it was like a balancing um I'm I'm drawing a complete blank a right now beam. not a balance beam but like uh there there are two like containers with rocks in them and you had to make them balance oh, so like scale thank you Jesus Christ it's too late at night clearly happens thinking. to the happens to the best of us man um so they walked up to this thing. And there were all these rocks on one side and there was a lever like holding it in place. And you had to take rocks and try to like match up the weight enough that 
it would stay semi-balanced. Like, it can move a little bit, but as long as one side didn't it's touch not, the ground, yeah. you're, you can move on. And mm-hmm. when you... So your choice was either you could just see this and if you wanted to just keep going or you could try to do it and if you did it you would get in like an atv and then you could just like ride for the next mile or something instead of having to actually run it mm-hmm. um it was like a mile or two i don't know and you know this chris guy comes up to it he does it there was actually another one another new woman i can't remember her name she did it she lets go of the lever the scale doesn't even move like she guessed it perfectly oh, yeah, that's impressive like, like yeah. literally whatever however whatever weight it was on the rocks like 50 pounds or something it was exactly the same on the side where she put the rocks in it was nuts <laughs> um, but a lot of them were getting up but they were moving a little bit you know hers like didn't move at, at all. all um so and i mean and, and so bananas was in second but he fucked it up and guessed wrong and his scale hit the ground Corey was like way behind um in third but he got it right so, so he, he gets the car he jumps way ahead of bananas now because it's like a car just fucking drove by you right and the bananas was never able to it was like at that point it was really just a race so, sure. so you're was... behind in a race already it's, yeah. there's nothing else to catch you up um so yeah i mean so it was kind of like a if you didn't do it you were pretty much fucked type thing um, but yeah, I mean, this Chris guy just dominated the whole thing. I wish he had some personality. I mean, that's the that's the thing, man. Is I I just feel like with the challenge now, all these new people, they're just like your generic cookie cookie cutter hot people. Like they're not, they have nothing. Right. You know. Yeah. Like they they're just like they're just like athletic dudes or women. And that's just kind of boring to watch. Like one of them is literally like. This new woman who won the show, I can't, I can't even remember her name. This is how, like, generic she is. She was, uh, like, a Miss America contestant or something or something like that. It's like, can you get any more generic than yeah. a pageant competitor? Not maybe? really. <laughs> like, do, these, do any of those people have personality? I mean, I'm on. sure some of them do, but... Yeah. So uh, it was like the season was fine. I give it like a six or a seven. It was fine. Like it wasn't the worst season of the We're just challenge. Just not reaching I've ever the seen. heights that we. It used wasn't to. like oh my god, you guys got to watch this, right? You know? But and then I have no interest. I have no interest in that new one where it was um, no former champions. Like there must be a new champion is the whole thing of the season. Mm. I don't want to see what does being the champion mean if you just beat up on a bunch of other idiots mm. like. You know what I mean? It's like if Fessy, I don't know if Fessy's on the season. I assume he is because he's on every fucking season. Well, is season. it the season so they can like get Fessy a win? <laughs> but like, He'll still what do, fuck what it do, up. What do I care if Fessy beats like Horacio or something? Like I don't. Well, a bunch what, of like jobbers. I don't right. care. That's not yeah. impressive. Like even if you're beating Bananas, like even old man Bananas, beating him still means something. Right. Like is it the same as beating Bananas when he was 30? No. Yeah, but Fessy still hasn't beaten. Right, he can't bananas, beat bananas, so. and bananas as old as fuck. Right, so it does it does mean something at right. least. Exactly, you beat Wes, it means something. You beat CT, it means something. Even if they're all old, yeah. You beat a bunch of other like reality TV, Just jabronis, like right. rejects. What is this? Like what? 
This, no, that's this what this is, Alex. This it's, championship means nothing. They're trying to get Fessy a win, so that there's some bragging, but he's going to manage to fuck it up It would be anyway. like if someone won the NBA title, but, like, LeBron and, you know, everyone else, like, all the top, like, 50 players didn't play for some reason. Like, right. what did this, what would this mean? Right. Everybody's got food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. We did it! We beat the third, we beat the bench. Sweet. I'm, I'm that's the 30 for 30 on that season we beat the bench that's the name of it <laughs> yeah but i do want to watch that new all-stars season because that cast is pretty good i'm looking at the cast for this battle for a new champion and there's i i think there's literally three people i know Maybe four. Well, there's got to be. I mean, okay. Seriously, there. I mean, Chauncey. Okay, I know. Remember Chauncey, Horacio, um, Jay, uh, Olivia Kaiser, uh, Mariah. <laughs> okay, so there's five. I yeah, I met like. Oh, Big T. There's Big T. So six. There are six that I know. This is just the geekiest lineup. It's so terrible. It really is. Um, Yeah, this is not making me interested in watching that season at all. But what's... Let's see. What's the cast for season three... All stars. Um, the cast for season, the new season of All Stars. the The women's cast is really good. The men's cast is pretty meh. Let's see. But it's usually the opposite, so it's Didn't like you say okay, Laurel and like uh, Laurel, Cara Maria. I mean that alone. Yeah, just to watch them go at it. Kendall. Oh, Jemmy. I always enjoy Jemmy. Um. Yeah, you, they cast Jemmy just so they have someone to talk shit in the confessionals. Oh, yes. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's her purpose. what she's there for. Right. And then to look dumb every once in a while. Oh, Nehemiah's there? Oh, that's good for him. <laughs> so he can talk a bunch of shit and ultimately lose late in the season. Yeah. No, I mean the male I feel cast like is Nehemiah fine. is like friends with Wes, so he thinks he's Wes, except he never wins shit. How out of shape is Tyler gonna come? Oh, well, hopefully better than last time. Last time he was fat, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, yep. I I think that yeah, the men's side is pretty meh on that season overall, but the women's side is pretty good. Yeah, I mean. This is this looks like a season worth watching. And it's it's like those are the people that, with personality that I care about. Well, and that that's the that's the that's the thing about the challenge is it's about getting the right mix. Cuz if it if it's just all athletic, then it's like n- no like the I need some of the chaos and social aspect. Well, th- but then you don't want just pure crazy with no ability to do any of the challenges. Yeah. You 
I think for some reason, the challenge producers, they kept hearing like Bill, um, what's his name? Who does the podcast network, the sports stuff? Um, no. Simmons? Bill Simmons, yeah. They kept hearing Bill Simmons in the background saying like it's the it's the fifth major US sport or whatever he was saying all the time. And it's like it honestly did feel that way a lot of the time. Sure. But they've somehow forgotten that what you like about what most people are into about sports is having a rooting interest. And, you know, a lot of people get the built-in rooting interest by a regional affiliation, right? Like, sure. oh, I was born in Illinois, so I cheer for the Chicago teams. You know, like, that's the easy built-in thing. Or you have some people who do the, what I think is a weird thing, where just whatever teams that are great, you're just always fans of those teams. Which Th- Those are assholes. Those are the weirdest sports yeah, fans. That's just weird. Um, but they're the happiest. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but Maybe they're on to something. Um, pick a side but I, but i think you know when it comes to the challenge you yeah i want to like see them do cool shit and if they can do it like semi-athletically even better but you need a rooting but interest. i need people i care about whether it's people i want to see win or whether it's people i want to see lose you know yep and like i'll always say i didn't like that one season of war of the worlds it was terrible but cara maria crying in the corner on that boat was fucking cathartic yep. for yes. that shit ass season. Yep. Yes. Like that whole season sucked. Yes. It was like 15 episodes of trash. And then when Cara Maria lost that fucking final after how bad she helped make that entire season go down and she was crying in that corner, it was like I will never tasty. I will tasty. never forget the taste of these tears. Cry more, Kara. It was great. Yep. The just watching Joss and Rogan just make oh god the dumbest decisions. Continually, like you're voting time. against your interests, you idiots. <laughs> they both Republicans for sure. And then CT being like, Nah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have I've some been, fun. I've let's, been riding the boat of stupidity. Yeah, I've been, let's uh, save the season. I've been just kind of going with the waves, man. But now I'm going for the win. Yeah. Well, and that's, oh, man. and that's kind of like the game bananas plays a lot now is he just kind of just tries to go with the flow because he knows like if they keep sending me into elimination, I'm going to be in big trouble. So I yeah. can't be like really outspoken right but ct has a major built-in fear factor especially yes. now that he's like in shape ct again that guy's scary he could be fucking 60 people are still going to be scared well of him. i mean th- that's the real trick of the challenge is to get through at least the first half without anyone noticing you yeah you don't want to be winning challenges and you don't want to be on the bottom but you also need to find a way to like stay entertaining enough on TV that you don't end up not getting invited back. Now, yeah. Yeah. does someone like CT have to worry about that? No. But if you're Joe Schmo who just got on the challenge, I mean, you got to try to be in the mix at least a little bit. Otherwise, if you're just wallpaper, you could be one and done. Well, I mean, you can also just be uh, a whore. I mean, that yeah, works. That works. But, I mean, if you look at who was the one, um, she won a challenge. 
She was really athletic. She was a twin. We didn't ever see her. She didn't have a twin, the twin on the show, but I know she was a twin. She was like a fitness girl, but she, she was like British or something. She came in. She won a season. She was only on a season or two. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of her name. She was in great shape. Won a lot of eliminations. Won the challenge. No personality. Like she literally won a challenge and then she was never on a challenge again after that. (laughs) It's like, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny. Jenny, Yeah. I can't remember her last name, but Jenny. Yeah. It's like she was not what they want. Right. Because that's, that's the worst case scenario for, from a production standpoint is to have someone who's dominant athletically and wins a bunch of challenges but doesn't want to make any waves and has no personality. It's that that's why she never got invited back. Yeah. Oh, Tony time. And I think, isn't he on that new season of all stars? I feel like you've mentioned he's going to be I on. Think he yeah. is. Yeah. Hopefully there's an eating competition. Cause oh. what did, what did that guy house? Wasn't it like a bunch of marshmallows or something? It was like everything, everything, every eating competition, greatest, literally yeah. just every, put stuff in front of Tony and he just, well, there, there were, there were two, there was one on one of those shitty seasons where he had maybe the greatest eating performance in the history of the show. And then there was that one on a final of one of the, not all stars. What was the other spinoff show? Remember, remember the one where they were, it was like, yeah, champs versus stars. He was eating. It was like him and CT were teamed up and he was like dramatically out eating CT. CT sitting there like, dude, dude, I can eat. And this is wild. (laughs) You know, like Tony is the best eater in the history of the show. That's for sure. Yeah. That's without question. But a lot of these guys, it's funny. What always cracks me up is like on this latest season of the challenge. Wes is talking about, you know, how he's not going to come back. He's got a kid on the way. Can't do the show once you have a kid. Corey's sitting next to him. He's impregnated like the entire East Coast. Shouldn't do the show (laughs) once you've had a kid. Shouldn't. And I think Tony, like, yeah, he did the same thing. He had like two or three kids and then he stopped doing the show. So, you know, at least you could say something in that guy's judgment, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Um, oh Tony but then the finger thing means the money so yeah well and maybe his kids are old enough now well your kids get old enough and it's like okay yeah if we can if you can go for a couple months they're not gonna like throw themselves well and how long do they film those all-star seasons I think it's yeah I think it's it's quicker than the regular show but they still go a little bit I mean you're gone for a minute but yeah yeah you're not there for you're not there for well unless you get eliminated right away I mean you're there for a couple months at least but uh the tragedy of Tony like that he ended like what ended up doing him in he thought he was pulling a move bananas would be proud of him for and then he just pissed off bananas yeah bananas was like well now we're blood enemies okay See, the thing is to me i was always a fan of like a lot of people didn't like how you know uh what was his name Who's Cam's husband now? Leroy. Leroy. People didn't like that Leroy was always aligned with bananas, right? Mm -hmm. Because they felt like he was just like in his shadow or something. But I think what Leroy was thinking was, we're going to be partnered up. Yeah, I got his back. But then we're going to get into a final and I think I'm better than him and I'm going to beat him. I think that was Leroy's mindset. 
right? So he didn't mind being partnered up with bananas mm-hmm. because it's like, I feel like I can beat him with a final. Well, and, I and think, if you also, if you're partnered up with bananas, you have a certain amount of protection throughout the entire well, season. And, as and well. generally, people are going to go for him before they go for you. Right. Well, because the show is all about making it to the final. Because Leroy's also like another guy that people were like kind of afraid to see him in elimination because if it's certain things, you're in big trouble. Unless it's swimming. Well, yeah. <laughs> like you, you see anything Le- to do with water. You see Leroy in a hall brawl. It's like, yeah, oh, fuck. shit. All right. Well, I'm eliminated. Like, can we just not do this so I don't get destroyed? I actually think so. They did this weird version of hall brawl, and I wasn't a fan of how the end was structured. So what they basically did was it was hall brawl, but. When you would first make contact, they had like they had like these pads essentially that they would run into each other with. Weak sauce. And then and then after you would get by each other, you had to do a puzzle. And then whoever did the puzzle first won. No. Lame. And I don't like the puzzle no. aspect. And I certainly didn't like the way this one was structured. I didn't mind the pad when you first hit each other because then they dropped it after they first hit each other. And my feeling is like, I'm actually amazed when you think about all the years of hall brawl that no one ever break their neck. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's really, it's actually amazing that no one ever broke their neck or anything. Or was seriously injured. Yeah. Some injuries. And maybe that just comes down to like a lot of these people not really knowing how to like football tackle someone. Right. But it's kind of incredible. No one ever just like, stuck their head into someone's chest and then they broke their neck right and just dropped yeah (laughs) but maybe that's also that really tight space has something to do with that what's your favorite elimination oh see like now you're getting like the one with the pole wrestle pole wrestle it's the most violent it seems like there's the most chance for like upsets not like specific one or Or just style of oh style yeah. So I was gonna say that my favorite of all time is when um Oh, what's his name? Jordan beat um in oh. the oh, oh, who was it? Josh. Josh. Yeah. That was the most embarrassing loss in the history of the challenge. <laughs> that was just like because you're like, oh fuck, Jordan. And to get it's like, wow, he fucking so, like wow. To get outplayed so badly is like to lose tug of war to a man who is like maybe two-thirds your mass and only has one hand that's like, an all-timer for me <laughs> that like, was that was all that was up there i like the you know pole wrestle is a good one i like hall brawl too though. i love the Derek versus joss one. Oh, all time Derek comes in as a mercenary doesn't even need to give a shit and goes out there and like breaks his fucking arm and goes like bleeding all over the place because like the pride of winning means so much to him. Well, and that was and ended up beating Joss in that shit and too. Th- and that was like there was there was such a that episode was weird because wasn't Tori the, yeah. the and, and she, she didn't she, give a fuck. No, she was like, yeah, whatever. She didn't give a fuck at all. Derek's out there killing himself. Derek's like going to the hospital. Tori's like, I'm going to the spa. <laughs> I don't give a shit. And then that's probably the right mindset. It's like, I don't have any money on the line. You what have no skin matter? in the game, but at the same time, that makes for pretty boring TV. I you wish know? they would release like that Joss versus Derek. Just give me the uncut The footage. full version. Just give me the whole thing that you shot. Because you know, and they showed a lot of it, but there was more that they didn't show. Yeah. Because um, it was hours. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, it was forever. I mean, I'm trying to think of what were like the standout eliminations. I always this wasn't like a big one or anything, but I remember on like one of the early it wasn't like rivals. It might have been like rivals two or three or something like that or X's something like that. I just remember it was Cara Maria versus Emily in a pole wrestle. One of those pole wrestle ones. I don't know which one it was. And just Emily just like bodies her rips the fucking pole out of her hand. And this is before everyone knew like how much of a freak beast Emily was just like rips the pole out of her hand, throws it to the ground and walks away. And they just cut to like Mark long in the crowd. He's just like, (laughs) and he's like, and they cut to him in the confessional. He's like, Emily just kind of competes like a dude out there. (laughs) Like just, just destroys her. I just like I just like that one because Cara Maria was you know she's good yeah. so to just like she's not a pushover, her, yeah. just just destroy her does mean something that's mm-hmm. what I mean I want like some personality like remember how whiny Cara Maria was oh wow she's still so whiny that's yeah. what even when she was dominating that once one war, war of the world season she's whining the whole time it's like you're so whiny people don't like this man no but it gives you something to hate yeah yeah those tears I just wanted to just like, yeah, just <laughs> delicious. Tasty. All right. All right. Thanks for being here in your own home. I do appreciate how really we well. just managed to manifest <laughs> 45 minutes, a half an hour of content of us just talking about our favorite moments from the challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not surprising. Next time project for um before the next podcast favorite elimination oh my god can it. you please put your pop filter back it fell it's not a, my fault there were a lot shit. of peas in that last sentence <laughs> they're just killing me <laughs> it's not my fault this thing sucks what do you want me to do it won't stay we'll figure it out later look it's not my just fault. hold it up hold hug me hold me tight <laughs> you rat bastard <laughs> This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>